Welcome back for episode 22 of Focus Fire Chat, recorded live on March 16th, 2016 on Twitch.tv. Big shout out to the chat here. Thank you so much for spending your evening with us. This is your host, Blue Crew 86 Alongside me, we have a man who just cannot get the dates typed correctly on our flyers, but he has found his salvation with the God Cup in the ruins of New York City, Justin Sane 0516. You can't burden my genius with dates. <laughs> next, next up is the third member of our merry little band, the defender of Pan's name himself, but not Skype, Steeman <laughs> Willie Beeman. Do you really want me to go there right now, Blue? No, no, you no, don't no, want no, me no, to no, go no, there no, right no. now, Blue. The, to- yeah. <laughs> the topic of today's chat is going to be a discussion over the lore behind the cabal. Before we get into that, however, I want to run through some quick notes real fast. Our last chat covered the Vex. If you missed that and have any interest in hearing our thoughts, please be sure to check out our Podbean site at focusfirechat.podbean.com for archives of all our previous chats. You can also find us on iTunes by searching for Focus Fire Chat in the podcast section of the Apple Store. If you guys don't mind, go ahead and give us a review just to let us know how we're doing. As many of you already know, Focus Fire Chat is a cross-community gathering where the intent is to offer a week-long, in-depth view of a particular subject from within the lore of Destiny. This chat begins every Tuesday morning and runs until the following Tuesday, with topics decided by the group via a poll that begins every Friday and ends on the Tuesday morning of the new chat. Every Wednesday... At about 10 p.m. Central, we generally get together to stream a recap of the previous week's chat for those who were unable to participate in the previous week. Starting this weekend, we're actually going to be trying out a couple new things with the poll. First up, we're going to start trying to really give a little bit more love to the extra lore chats. We'll We'll be beginning to try to do what we're dubbing as the extra lore at the end of each month, focusing on the topics other than Destiny. Secondly, we're actually going to be trying to putting the poll out to the public via a straw poll. A link of that will be distributed via our Twitter account as well as within the chat, so be sure to keep an eye out for that. The topic for next week's chat has already been decided, and it will be covering the weapons of sorrow. With that all said, I'm going to let Willie get us started with a look at the cabal from within the grimoire. We have... Yep, we have the Cabal card right here. It has a quote on it that says, I think you could follow a trail of Shattered Worlds all the way to their home. Tactically efficient, disciplined, and unrelenting, the Cabal are the greatest known military force in the system. Their origins and ultimate objectives are a mystery, but it seems clear they have conquered more worlds than humanity has ever known. Cabal warriors wear pressurized armor that replicates the environment of their high-gravity homeworld. Their field tactics depend on the ranks of legionaries supported by air power, elite infantry, and ultra-heavy armor. So, do we want to keep going Grimmar? You want me to dig into that a little bit, Blue? Um, We would have done that pre-show, but... um, Yeah, you know... The biggest, the, so the biggest thing, well, let's, let's touch a little bit on it because I know we're probably going to be spending a lot of time on the Grimoire. There is actually a, quite a bit of Grimoire on the Cabal. Um, and I know, <laughs> I know that the, uh, the Cabal have often been, you know, just to get the big, the big quote unquote elephant or the Cabal, 
in the middle of the room, out of the way, they are very akin to the Roman Empire. And that is mostly because the, you know, the knowledge, the, the presentation of them being just completely militant. And they, like right here, it says the greatest known military force in the system. So, I mean, what what else did you... And according to Bo in chat, the potato head is like a cabal space, but with makeup, so... That's, that there's yeah, a good and, description and that's, of that's, right and, there. And you know, that was, that was another interesting thing that did come up when we were doing research for the Cabal, too, is the, the developers really, really made an effort to make sure that we saw Cabal's face. Like, they really went out of their way to make sure that we saw what a cabal looked like without its helmet from, you know, the, the law of the jungle trailer to you know, there's, there's a number of Easter egg corpses on PVP maps of dead cabals without their helmets. You know, it's one of the easiest things to knock their helmet off in patrol. They've, they've really done. I don't, I don't know. I think that that's really, I don't know why that's significant, but it really is something that they want us to notice. And we know that they wear pressurized armor, and it's because, and you know, it says here it replicates the environment of their high-gravity homeworld. We'll get into that a little bit later. I know that was a uh, a later topic that we touched in the chat, too, was maybe that was part of the reason why they, we also know when we talk about the Scions, we'll touch on that as well, I know. So, I mean, what, do, what, else, what else did you want to, did I, did I hit everything you were thinking, or? What else you got? Um, there's, I don't know how much you really want me to get into on it, Blue, but uh, I think you about covered most of the things because, I mean, we'll get into the Scions later. Right. It was right. so hard because, like, um, I will say that, like, when the Cabal was chosen for the chat topic, I was like, okay, so this is going to be a slow week. <laughs> I couldn't keep up with the damn chat. Like, oh my god! I had to, I had to go off and do my own research because I was just missing everything. But I did catch uh, some of the Scion debate, which I thought was pretty good. Yeah, yeah. Um, you know, to do with the morphing and all that. Mm-hmm. But we should probably get Justin onto the next card because yeah. we already started off late. Yep. Yeah. No. 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 I've um right here. Uh, Thanks, guy. <laughs> Legionary. Their only tactic seems to be slow advance. The problem is they're really good at it. Propelled by jump packs and wielding powerful slug rifles, legionaries are the Cabal's line infantry and the backbone of the military power on the ground. Common legionary tactics center on the bounding advance. Some units attack the target while others close the range or find new firing position. Um, and it's, it's almost, the way they attack is almost like a cavalry and infantry. You've got the Legionaries with the jump packs who uh, kind of bound in and flank you and and yeah. try to get try to get in your rear, and then you've got phalanxes moving really slowly at you, head on. I mean, they're the the way they fight seems to be really grounded in actual military tactics. So, and and I know I know you're gonna you're going to follow this comment immediately, but Starship Troopers. Oh, yeah. Right. I mean, is that yeah. not what you what you thought whenever whenever these things jump into battle, especially mm-hmm. the Centurions, that's the immediate thing that I think is the grasshopper tactic from yeah. Heinlein's Starship Troopers. For anyone who has not had the pleasure of reading this book, um, it is infinitely better than the movie. 
completely ignore the movie. Yes. Read the book. There is a um, there's a tactic that the military uses in the book that they actually do have jump packs, and the way that they they uh, they militarize and move is they literally jump. They play leapfrog, or it's called. They kind of describe it as grasshopper, and they literally jump over ranks as they progress into the battlefield using these jump packs. And that's how they, that's how they conquer territories in front of them. And that's exactly the way the legionaries to me always seem to be. They seem to be, you know, jumping in doing that, you know, almost like a pseudo ground pound when they land and they Mm. shock shock troopers, which is definitely, we'll get into that when we start talking about the detachments, but that's definitely one of the things Oh, thank you. Pins, pins, pins has the military term is called bounding overwatch. So thank you for that. Nice. Pins. Um, and then I believe I am up. And actually what we're going to do is we're going to jump. So there is an interesting thing here for me too. So there is a taken form of every single cabal except for legionary and colossus. Or at least, let me take that back. There is a Grimoire taken card for the Scions, the Phalanx, and the Centurions, but there are no Grimoire cards for Colossus or Legionaries that I could find. And I just found that interesting because I don't, I don't know. Legionaries were like one of the back. I mean, they're they're the backbone of the military. So if you're going to take something, I would imagine that you would take the multiple Legionnaires. But, anyways. Onto the and the other fun thing here too, we had this we had this shouted out on Twitter, and the flavor text on these on the Cabal cards is really fun. Um, I really would recommend people going to Ishtar Collective or you know going into your own grimoire on Bnet and just reading the uh, flavor text on the cards. It's some really like really good quotes actually. So with that being said, Scion it says there is no higher warfare than deception. Scions are smaller than all other Cabal morphs and may be an unrelated species. Hyperintelligent, fast, and unpredictable, they possess strong psionic capabilities, including the ability to emit disorienting and deadly psychokinetic arc blasts. So, do we want to <laughs> do yeah. we want to get um, into this one? right now or do you how do, how do you guys want to go about this um let's just kind of do our basic little overview of the science of the science because i think we're going to populate a good yeah. bit of the lighter part of the podcast the science yeah but they seem to be the specialists yeah um, they're annoying the, as hell the spec ops you know operator is the term i like mm-hmm. and the, there, there is actually so I guess really to back up really fast and talk about the hierarchy really quickly, we talked about the legionaries. There are actually five different versions of legionaries. There's the scout, the imperial, the hardened, the fleet, and the elite. And those are that's ascending. So the elite is the most um, deadly. The scions have four, and will recognize one of them pretty from one of the strikes but you have the scion operant which is i think what kind of you're talking about justin yeah. and then above that you have the scion flayers which we know from the why am i blanking on that strike probably because i don't 
Play Strikes. Uh, Dust Palace. Dust Palace. Well, because it was a PlayStation exclusive. Oh, that's right. You haven't played it that long. Um, there's three mm-hmm. There's three particular flares that we do know of. That's Kolar, Vatch, and Numok. And they are all three actually members of a detachment called the Ice Reapers. And we will touch on them later. But then above the flares, you have what's called a Scion Burner and then an Elite Scion. Now, the Elite Scion is the Scion that usually we see in the Nightfalls. They're the ones with the Void Shield, and they're the most annoying SOBs ever. So, but I did want to... There, there are even, even in the rank and file, there are even further ranks within those different... And these are, these are ironic. I, I think that it's, it's telling here, too. I will point out that it says Cabal Morphs. Um, so I'm, I'm going, I'm going to refer to the different types as morphs. I think that would be appropriate. I don't know if you guys would agree with that. Um, I would. And it's, it's actually interesting because prior to, to gearing up for this chat, I'd always thought of a scion as a conquered species who had been assimilated into the, right into the cabal battle machine. But, uh, it seems just from reading this card which I've read several times and never even noticed that small little word morph. Um, it seems much more like there are evolutionary divergences in the cabal in the cabal. And uh, that seems to account for their variance in size from legionary to scion to Colossus. Whereas with the fallen their their variance is due to ether, mm-hmm. you know? Then- so this seems much more evolutionary to me. Right. And then you have the hive, which also has morphs, but they're taken on, uh, uh, and they have more to do with tributes, right? Well, there's like the mother jelly and then the king morph and the night morph. And we don't really know what the catalyst for them are, but I mean, they took on the morphs prior to becoming the hive. They were, you know, so all three of the NPC, well, three of the four, the current four NPC races now, have the capability of evolving or it's, it's it's like a forced evolution within their own lifespan it seems and which makes me curious you know and we kind of talked about this in chat too it makes me curious is it is it something that they can choose or is it something that's more like the fallen that it's forced onto them see you i know? see them more because I, I know you you guys cling on to that morph word. Mm-hmm. It is hard to ignore. But at the same time, you have the, I'm sure we're going to end up reading it, mm-hmm. the a couple lines in the Taken Scion card. Right, and I'm, I'm going to pull that up actually next. So yeah, can... because that that there, I mean, <laughs> that's that's works. He's, he, he, when he takes these creatures... He knows what their thoughts, you know, what, what their motivations are. And and it seems like he would have the, the easiest way to kind of get into their head, you know, more than we could. So I, I think it's real interesting, that line. If you wanted to read it, Blue, or I can, up to you, I don't care. But we should do that so we could talk about it. <laughs> um, yeah, okay. So it's <clears throat> the Taken Scion. You are a scion, clever, canny specialist, bolted into the cabal hierarchy, a pilot, an investigator, a manipulator, an operative. You have been taken. Be still. Your endless vigilance is done. 
nothing will enslave you ever again. What hidden plan do you obey? What is your secret principle? Your mind is a weapon. The world breaks when you think. Secrets peel apart for you, like fruit. But you are a rare thing. There are so few of you. Your frailty betrays you. You must be manifold. There is a knife for you. It is shaped like division. Take up the knife. Cut yourself apart. Take your new shape. So, I don't know. So, there's there's so a if, lot of different if, ways you can read that. Right. I'm just saying. And, and I do agree, it's, it's hard to ignore the fact that they do use the word morph in the original Scion card. But well, at the same and, time, no, this tells it. you they're enslaved. But you know, this obviously says it. So, right. But when you say, I mean, okay, when you say enslaved, I know you're 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 reading that as saying actually, you know, they're they were enslaved and they were you know physically enslaved. What if it's that they're enslaved to the the loyalty and the hierarchy of their own race? You know, you could say that the the Romans were enslaved to the military that they were born into, but they're still Romans. Or, yeah, you, know, that's you could true. say you could say that a Spartan being born into Sparta, raised in the military there, was technically enslaved into the ranks there. Yeah, I would think of a scion more like a helot though than a Spartan. No, 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 and then, and, and, and true, true, but. And I Which, who are agree. also enslaved, by the way. I wasn't disagreeing with you. No, no, no. But I mean, but what I'm saying is you could you can the way I read it, and this is just me reading this, is the way I was reading that is that you are enslaved to the prior life. And Josh is just tossing this into chat too. You know, Oryx kind of sees most races as enslaved, as you know, they they are not aware of the final form, or they're they're you know, he's freeing well, them with this knife. And so, I mean, when, when, and I totally see it, I totally see, I see both ways. I can see it as, you know, this is, I mean, I we're talking well. about Romans and if this is modeled off the Romans, it's completely acceptable that this would also be a separate species that they assimilated into their culture because that's exactly what Rome did. Um, so either way, I think is actually viable. I mean, I, think I just, I, uh, yeah, you're and right. It's not I like Bungie hasn't morph. done that before either. And, yeah. and you know, true. True. I think it could be both. It is possible that it's both. That it could be a, it could be an evolution of Cabal that has been enslaved and kind of, you know, right. discriminated I mean, against yeah, because I mean, they're different. By the way, pre pre warning this this episode is going to be a lot about the Romans because duh. But the I mean the Romans were notorious for doing that to their own their own citizens if you if you got in trouble that was one of the like notorious punishments was you were sold into slavery so so real quick before we before i don't know if y'all are ready to move on from scions, yeah, 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 no, no um, not at all <laughs> we're not we're not ready to move on to scions but in order to get through the rest of the the morphs we're going to need to yeah. and then we can come back to science because scions are i have another red bull so I have well, just Scion just for a, a huge part of this. Just real quick, just so I can get it out, and uh, just the etymology of the word Scion. It's a an alternate term for a subatomic particle, and I'm not even going to go into all that because it's really, really complicated. But um, Scionics, as a study, 
mm-hmm. is a broad category of alleged psychic abilities uh, that includes telepathy, psychokinesis, pyrokinesis, and all this other stuff. Um, and uh, I think that's more like where they got the the name from. Right. But uh, it's it's all to do with psychic. That's where their psychic arc blast comes from that sucks so much. <laughs> well, and then also there's like role-playing games. Uh, Dungeons & Dragons has the Scion class. That is exactly what you just said. It's it's a psionic, uh, psionic species or, well, psionic capability. So... Scions, scions are. Well, Penn actually just posted a good argument for the uh, slavery as well from the, the ghost fragment of Rasputin, um, where it says that all I can think of, if Rasputin had all those mighty tools and it lost, what did it learn? What's it going to try this time around? What I hear about the Dust Palace, those scion flares getting into Rasputin's mind, I wonder. What would they talk about? Rasputin and those creatures. I was a servant too. I was an instrument of war, bound to the will of a lesser master. But I learned to be something more. So, good good call on that one, Pence. Which, once again, that, that doesn't mean that they aren't uh, just a morph of whatever the cabal actually are. Because, I mean, like you said, we always see their faces and... When you do see their faces, they they do have very similar faces. Mm-hmm. The the scions and the and the standard cabal and whatnot. So it could go either way. And you know, obviously, you just read the card that they do have a hidden plan to obey. They have a secret principle, right? And that doesn't necessarily mean that they might be looking to uh, overthrow. The Cabal Empire, by any means, uh, but well, and we kind of—it's a possibility. Well, and we touched a little bit on that with you know when we were trying to figure out you know is there in there there was some indication of the society behind Cabal in a couple of the um, attachment cards, uh, or no, no, sorry, 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 the Ghost Fragment uh, Cabal Three. There's a few hints about the society that kind of raised the Cabal into being what they are. And there is an indication I kind of still hold to this idea that there there's a lot of political maneuvering going on within the cabal hierarchy. But there is a and we'll we'll again we'll get to this when we talk about detachments because there is a detachment that just straight up was like you know what f you we're going to do this and they flat out uh, committed mutiny and it's called out in every single reference on that detachment and every single reference of those those figures within that detachment that the empire does not recognize them anymore um cade goes on to say that a cabal army when they go into the field to do battle they're they are cut off from the empire it's it's a very spartan-esque mental state of you return victorious or you return on your shield and that is a very, very, very Roman, very Spartan, very ancient Hellenic thought process. Because what that's doing is it's cutting them off. It's saying you have nothing here to come back to unless you earn it. And it also gives them the ability to be like, hey, if you commit mutiny, we've already taken away your family, your land, everything that belongs to you. We'll just kill you. Actually, we'll do worse than that. We'll probably enslave you and demote you. 
But that's not to say that, you know, anybody who is aware of Roman history also understands that that does not negate political maneuvering, especially in the higher echelons of the of the society. There's it's just a lot more subtle. And I can see a scion, you know, they're they're the hyper intelligent, they're unpredictable, they they're fast, you know. These are these are morphs that literally can think their way around everything that you throw at them. These guys would be the excellent politicians. Um and I and I I mean I I really? don't I don't mean that really? Right. But I mean, think about it. What what would be a better and I'm not talking about modern politicians. I'm talking about a Roman politician. A Roman politician was expected to go out and do military service. And when they came home, then they would be greeted with a triumph or something of equal value if they were successful in the field. And that was the introduction of them into the political life. So a scion would be. I mean, I, I totally see why they have an entire detachment that's basically filled, as far as we know, is filled with elite scions. It's a very, very political maneuver on their part. And I think that might be pointing to what that secret plan of theirs is, is they seem to be, and, and this is entirely me reading on them, but from their cards, they seem to be completely subtle about what they're doing behind the scenes on that. So, just my thoughts on that part. Yes, this this chat got so busy once again. Like I said, I did not expect it to get so crazy. And then when you really dig into it, it's like, oh man, like, uh, let's see, it was Josh said, you know, so ready for Cabal DLC to <laughs> hopefully get some more grimoire on them and, you know, find out what's really going on in there. Mm-hmm. I want to, I mean, I, I want to see if a lot of the predictions that, you know, are both in our chat, um, that I've heard in the internet, you know, that I've heard on Reddit and ghost stories and all these other lore centric areas. We all have these theories about what this empire is comprised comprised of. Who's the lead? Who's the emperor? You know, who, you know, how does this all work? And I think that if we do, we already have a ton of grimoire on the cabal, um, just, I mean, we really do. And, you know, but in true fashion, we have a ton of information and we are only scraping the tip top of the iceberg. I mean, I'm, I'm personally curious about their society, but that's just my curiosity. So I know, I mean, there's, there's so much more. I see it being like Sparta. you know? Yeah. I mean, it, I think it's, I think it's a very big combination of a Spartan slash Roman, well, and Rome kind of took on the Spartan concept as far as militaries, but I definitely can yeah. see the influence of the the Roman era in the same way that you can kind of see, you know, the Greek Hellenic influence on the Vex a little bit, and then there's the the you know Sea People Pirates version kind of on the Fallen, and that's not to say that there's a that there. Are, you know, siloed in those because there's definitely carryover on all fronts, but they definitely kind of gravitate towards those stereotypical cultures. So you forgot the board like mentality of the the taken there, Blue. I don't. <laughs> you, you, you will be assimilated. Well, actually, I mean, I'd almost argue that that's akin to the cabal too. I mean, they they kind of have that mentality of you get in line or you get walked over. You know, it, and I well, they never offered me a job. 
you know? <laughs> well, we kind of, we kind of, you know, the guardians, and that was another part of the chat was, you know, like, why, why are they not really caring about the guardians? And, you know, the, uh, the thing was until we kind of punched into the exclusion zone, we didn't really, we weren't really on their radar, to be honest. They were, they were really kind of focused on the Vex on Mars. And then we kind of punched a hole in their exclusion zone and at that point, you don't really, you don't negotiate with people who are taking out your army. You, you kill them. I mean, and then we just kept going back to their exclusion zone, killing them, letting them kill us so we could go person, back and kill all the of them. Dead person. <laughs> just farming glimmer. But let's go. For, for me, go all of the. Oh, we'll yeah, go, yeah. Go, 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 go. Oh, no, I was going to say for me, all of the. There's a ton of grimoire in the Cabal, but most of it reads like military intel. I mean, right. oh, yeah. it, there's not as much like insight as into the state of mind of a cabal, you know, of like what Valistra Arg was thinking mm-hmm. when he was shooting rockets at me. At me. Well, but, and, um, and Josh just threw something similar up in chat about, you know, the sociocultural background helps gives a better understanding because, you know, the Taken King helped give a background on all of that considering that the vanilla year one content just kind of did make them seem like aggressive planet destroying things. Yeah. That's what you originally thought was these guys are conquerors. The whole reason they're here is just to conquer everybody. And then you dig into it and well, we'll get into that later. Cause I see right. you have the, the yeah, cards actually, way down there. I've actually got <laughs> phalanx, phalanx up. Let's pull up phalanx. Yeah. Yeah. Um, remember they have to take a shot sometime. Phalanx soldiers carry massive shields used for both attack and defense. While this protection is nearly impenetrable, clever opponents can bait the phalanx to sneak shots around the shield, or you just shoot them in the ankle, one or the other. <laughs> I wait till they uh, try to shoot the shot, and then I yeah, I shoot them their out. gun arm. Yeah, their gun arm usually sticks out the whole time. Yeah, yeah, and then when you do that, they'll end up flinching, and then you have clear headshot. And, and, and then, am I the only one thing. here? I just sorry, sorry, Willie, but no, you just go once, for it, just once in my life, I want to like at a bar laugh at a really funny joke, and instead of spitting out my drink, I want to do what the cabal do when you shoot him in the head. Just that's what I was going to talk about. Is like <laughs> you know all this oil, or do do we have a confirmation of what that fluid is exactly that is uh, flying out when you get that headshot? Let me see. <sighs> I think. Let me look so, for it. I yeah, think I, their suit one. is highly pressurized yeah. um, to mimic the effects of, and I actually have a point about this that might just wait for spin full time, but I don't know about the whole hypergravity thing. Because uh, it's, it's high pressurized because the oh God, we just to forgot. simulate the high gravity of their home world. I don't it's, know if uh, we do know that it's to- toxic. Josh, Josh asked about the fluid, uh, it's well, toxic. We know that it, much, right? It would be toxic to us, probably, because it's not our environment. It could be a random gas, Josh. Um, I don't remember. Honestly. I, yes, I would. Ag- I think I would disagree with it being a gas. No, I, honestly, I, I no. Oh, he's good. asking. He's asking. Originally, you know, is it the? Oh no, no, no! That was the firm that, that the liquid's toxic in the. No. Then we scan something that's a random gas. Yeah, the one that smells really bad. That was actually their atmosphere. That was the atmosphere on uh, Dantelion. 
um, Dantelion Exodus six was there was a uh, a broken uh, broken was it a canister or was it a, a like an AC unit? It was an air pump, I thought. But that oh, was yeah. that was the atmosphere pressure, like uh, not a pressurizer. God, it was the atmospheric components because uh, the ghost the ghost said that he didn't think it was toxic, but it smelled really bad. Um, so it smelled like butts. No, but that could very, very well be their atmosphere in there. And then it's highly pressurized. And when it's allowed to escape, it could very well become a liquid very quickly. Um, yeah, but it, then why, it, didn't just the because one, it, why didn't the one that was on the dantelion become a liquid when we scanned it? It was still in gas. Here. Well, it's not rapidly is, going from highly pressurized. Uh, I guess that's to, true. That's true. To loose. I'm just saying, I'm not I, I mean, the, the liquid could be something as simple as like an hydraulic fluid or, uh, you know, s- some type of oil to help the, yes. them not yeah, be yeah. like the tin man in Wizard of Oz. Read the Taken card. I'm going to look because I know I found that. Science. All right. Taken Phalanx. You are a Phalanx. One shield in the stalwart cabal line advancing patiently in the sword. You have been taken. Unclench your fists. Nothing here can harm you. This is the only place where you are safe. What training reassures you? What reflex guides your arm? You put up your shield and it protects you. It protects your brothers and sisters. But your strength is not enough. You absorb punishment, but you wait for others to deal it back. You are too slow. You grant your enemy too much space. Your shield must be a weapon. There is a knife for you. It is shaped like retaliation. Take up the knife. Tear a hole. Take your new shape. Which, you know, once again, that's what works. Saying you're not complete yet. You know, you need to be taken to be all that you can be. G.I. Joe. (laughs) Fred the Phalanx is a... (laughs) Are we talking about Fred the Phalanx? he's He's a D word. Well, we never there. even. He sits there I'm, in the doorway and waits for Randall you. Or Vandal. Oh no, I Randall mean, the Vandal is a whole nother concept. That dude, that, that, guy's about, that guy. What about old. Cecil the Vessel? Cecil the Vessel. Oh god. Or uh, Frank the Shank. <laughs> dude, Brian Frank McKnight. The Shank. <laughs> uh, really? Um, okay, so the the Cabal do rely on a thick black oil like substance to run much of their equipment, which was actually gained. Um, back, do you remember before Destiny came out, they had that Destiny Planet view that you could do like, uh, it was kind of like a Google Maps interface. You could walk around. Um, apparently there was a reference on that and of course it's locked down so I can't get into it to find the exact reference, but Destinypedia is referencing that on the statement that, quote, the Cabal rely on a thick black oil-like substance to run much of their equipment, end quote. So, I would say, <laughs> I mean, sounds the, like what's used out of their face, right? Right. Which we know that their armor is mechanical or mechanical in nature. God, man, I just lost that word. Mechanical in nature, so it would make sense that that was that would be exactly kind of like what you were saying, Willie, about it being kind of a mechanical lubricant or an oil uh, engine oil, if you were. So, 
But phalanxes, there are actually four versions of this morph. They are, starting at the bottom, the line phalanx, the imperial phalanx, a hardened phalanx, and then the elite phalanx. And I think that you can't talk about the phalanx without actually mentioning the shield. Do we want to read that? Because that shield has its own grimoire card, actually. Most of the, most of the arsenal of the Cabal actually have its own grimoire card as well. So, Well, because that's one thing that they do very well with is their weapons, you know? They build a shield um, wall with it. Yeah. Kind of like, uh, you know, some... Spartans. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I have the shield yeah. Go for it. Uh, Built to the same spec as the Cabal hull plating, this tactical shield is nearly indestructible to conventional weapons. It has integrated sensors that relay information not only to the shield bearer, but to the Cabal battle network, allowing nearby units to coordinate more effectively. And that is what I imagine the little camera eye looking thing on it is. I I also can't help but notice the four prongs on the side. I, I view that as a, a linchpin or a, a, a sync up point. So like interconnect. Yeah, yeah. They can, you know, and then there's almost, almost similar points on the top and bottom too, that could, you could almost make a slanted shield wall so that you could cover against incoming artillery fire. Yeah. You just stab it in the ground mm-hmm. and, and we know they do. I mean, they, they do that all the time. So very effective too. Again, yeah, and I do like the, that. That the Spartan theory. and the Roman military strategy, exactly. There. Because I mean, and I th- I think I go to Spartans just because um, mm-hmm. I was big into American history. I didn't get to really get into the world history because there's just so much of it uh, back when I was in school. That and I was a very irresponsible teenager, but that's a story for another time. <laughs> but but everybody's scene 300 and you know you have that iconic scene where the uh i don't know his name was cersei Cersei. yeah Yeah. but what was the what empire was that that was trying to take them over persian Persian. yeah the Mm -hmm. persian empire you know the persians think they have their card (laughs) and they go to shoot all these arrows and the spartans are just like okay let's make an umbrella and they just make this giant umbrella with their shields and they just don't even get touched yeah, would fight in the shade. That's that I'm surprised that they don't actually. Yeah. <laughs> no, that's that's actually an awesome movie. But there, I I read a a wonderful book about the Battle of Thermopylae right when that movie came out, thinking that it, that was what the mo- you know that it was based on that book. Turned out it wasn't, but the book was amazing. I'll see if yeah. I can find the movie is based off. The comic, the comic book by Frank Miller. Yeah. And if you know, just just for the record, if you guys really want to hear some really good take on the Roman history, check out Hardcore History. Um, the name of the guy is escaping me, but he has like a eight to ten hour podcast broken up in segments, and he goes through the entire history of the Roman Republican Empire, and it's amazing. So, but. Back to... Do we want to go to Centurion? Yes, let's take on the Centurions. Do you have that? I'll take the yeah. token if you take the base. Yes. Cool. Centurion. They're not breaking. Why aren't they breaking? <laughs> Centurions are tactically intelligent, highly skilled field commanders. 
Their armor boasts a formidable array of combat electronics and deployable munitions. Now we're entering the point to where they're more like battle frames, almost. Right. Um, and so before we go, <clears throat> before we go to the Taken, there are four variations of this particular morph as well. There is a Scout Centurion, a Line Centurion, then you have an Imperial Centurion, and then a Gunnery Centurion. So there are actually, you know, again, there are ranks within the morphs as well. And then the Taken Centurion says, You are a Centurion, commander of the battlefield, the eye and the fist of the Cabal the tough leather that binds the unit together. You have been taken. Be quiet now. Nothing here He needs your orders. Everything knows what it has to do. What discipline binds you? What protocols guide your command? The unit depends on you. You'd guide them with your sensors. With your weapons, you crack the enemy's strength and leave them in disarray. But you cannot control everything. The enemy can see your command. The enemy can claim the strong ground, move forward from cover, and kill you first. You must be sure that there is always another threat. There is a knife for you. It is shaped like it will find you. Take up the knife. Push yourself upon it. Take your new shape. So, the first, the first thing that really, that really strikes me here is the actually the last line. Um, the reason why is if you read this again, thinking Romans, there, there was an, there was a pretty famous way that a dishonored Roman would be given a choice to either fall on his sword or face, you know, dishonor and that push yourself upon it is almost, I mean, that, that screams to me of here, here's your sword, fall on it. And I don't, I don't know I'm not sure of the connection there, but that is, that's what it, to me, that's what I keep seeing is take up the knife and push yourself on it is, I mean, it's almost like, again, we should probably have an episode on the taken because there is a lot of, well, there's a lot of connections here. And then there's also a connection between a few races that we found earlier today, no, yesterday, um, with the Dune, Frank Herbert's Dune series, there's a really cool connection that we found with the Taken within them and the uh, Zixians. But that, I don't know. I'm gonna I'm gonna pass it off to you guys. But that that was the thing that really stood out to me is you know the whole fall on your sword concept, and then this this line about pushing yourself upon the knife. So I will I will bow to you guys. <laughs> On your for your thoughts on this, uh, the only thing I can really input is the fact that they are definitely you know they make it obvious that they are the leaders out there on the battlefield. Mm-hmm. Um, I wouldn't give them quite general status, but they're more along the lines of a battalion uh, leader or maybe a sergeant, I guess. Yeah, yeah no, he goes far. He goes. You know, they they run. They run their their group, but they still follow their orders, which run into thus far is following some sort of orders, except for the Broken Legion, which I'm sure will. Right, 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 right. Yeah, we'll we'll get we'll definitely get into that. We'll end up getting into later. A whole lot to him, but 
<laughs> Do you want to <clears throat> tackle the the big guys? Oh, yeah, then you wanted input on the. Uh... <clears throat> yeah, sure. Uh, yeah. Colossus or a uh, Colossus stands. Many will fall, towering over the other cabal, equipped with rapid-firing heavy weapons and nearly impenetrable armor. The Colossus's most devastating heavy infantry unit in the Cabal order of battle. And, you know, once again, we have no taking card for these guys, mm-hmm. even though obviously these are the tanks. And um, once again, just like I pointed out with the Vex Minotaurs, their helmets look a lot like the, uh, the standard Cabal helmets. So, I mean, once again, it just makes you think Hulkbuster. Except, you know, you, you can crit hit that head as tiny as it seems the rest of the body. The bitty head. <laughs> it, it, it's so small compared to the rest of the body. and But you could say the same thing once again for the minotaurs mm-hmm. um, of the Vex. So it, it could just be like a, a Hulk Buster or, in our case in Destiny, a Guardian Buster. Yeah. <laughs> um, um, the, you know, suit that they wear just to kind of beef up that armor and try to do their best to take us out, even though they know they're not going to get our dead person (laughs) and we will be back. We will dance on their corpse and we will be doing spins and circles and whatnot on our sparrows while we do it. Oh man. But, um, I love that card. So (laughs) you're going to have to let me read that. one. Oh yeah. No, no, no. We're definitely going to read the ghost fragments. Um, the, the two, there are two, uh, versions of this morph. There is the Imperial Colossus and then the Elite Colossus. So there are, there are a a variation on there too. There's not as much in that one. I, I kind of have a personal theory on the Colossus just based on some of the, the appearance of the, the command figures in the cabal but we'll get into that a little bit later as well when we touch on those command figures um real quick do we have anything else on the colossus that justin did you want to throw anything in there no they're pretty straightforward i will throw in this little uh (laughs) this little easter egg if you search the word impenetrable um on ishtar collective all of the results are cabal related that seems to be a word that pops up every other card. Oh, wow. I did not know that. That's amazing. Uh, um, and I, I did want to point out that I'm not necessarily saying that that's the absolute thing that, uh, you know, it's like a Guardian Buster armor. There is yeah. a chance that these are just really large cabal. No. So well, they need really large armor. Right. And, and, I, and I, you know, I would actually argue that they were they were there before they even experienced guardians. Yeah, I will. The ones yeah, we have the morph word too. Right, 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 right. You no, know? so they could have oh, morphed. Hey guys, into, mm-hmm. oh, look at the guess. colossus. Look at the right leg at the hip. Mm. You see the hockey logo. What? Yeah, what? You look at the picture what? of the colossus. You see that? Why are you not give give me my link? <laughs> Give me my link right now. On the Blue. right hip? I'm looking. Yeah, well, his right, our left. Okay. Oh! Oh, wow. Uni! Huh. Uni! Uni! When you listen to this, <laughs> you need to look at the Colossus okay, pictures. So okay. Copy image address, and I'm going to put this in chat. 
That is rather interesting. Could they have taken over one of the hockey foundries? Yeah, I don't know. Do we know that? Is there only one hockey? That's another thing that we don't have a lot of information on is like these foundries. Is there only one in existence for each of these companies? Um, You know, do they have multiple foundries? Maybe some of them might have been because we know once again, the Cabal are conquerors and Mm -hmm. that is. Is a good spot, Justin. Why do you got to derail things with awesome fit finds? <laughs> like that's that's not cool. Because now you got my head spinning. Okay, yeah, it might just be well, a in a hockey boundary. Well, while we're talking about weapons, let's run through the arsenal real fast. So we talked about the shield. Now the slug- let us back on topic. <laughs> the slug rifle is the Grimoire card for the slug rifle. Says this is the workhorse of the Cabal Field Arsenal. This weapon's apparent simplicity belies the technology behind it. Each round is a micro-rocket capable of efficient operation in varying environmental and gravitational conditions. Standard-issue warheads mount a duplex explosive that combines an armor-piercing penetrator with a flesh-shredding shrapnel bus. Cabal forces on Mars favor rockets with low velocity but high impact, perhaps due to their effectiveness against the Vex. In Guardian parlance... These weapons deal solar damage. So, and that, I mean, this is really, you know, like I said, this is the workhorse. This is the common weapon that you, uh, you will see. And then the next weapon that comes up is the projection rifle. And this says, this weapon fires salvos of explosive rounds designed to incapacitate, disorient, and destroy. The weapon field feeds ballistic data to each projectile at the moment of launch, coordinating the salvo for maximum effect. These weapons deal solar damage. So, I mean, we find a little bit of a pattern. Kind of like a Cabal fusion rifle. Yeah. Uh, Yeah, this is more of like a grenade launcher, really. Yeah, but it shoots multiples of them. I mean, that's, that's one thing that we catch about the Cabal weapon ammo. Mm-hmm. They like to explodey things a yeah. lot. Well, they have They're, they have an entire detachment that's dedicated to celestial demolitions. I'm just they saying, like I think they took a look up. at like the way that that other races are making weapons, and then they're like, "How can we put a rocket on this? <laughs> like, we need to make this explode, and then we're going to use it once we figure out how to make things go explodey." <laughs> Because it it seems like that's a nice gun. How do you make it go boom? Exactly. It's it's almost perfect. (laughs) Just got to figure out how to get a mini nuke on it. (laughs) And then we have finally the heavy slug thrower. I'm sorry. The devastating squad support weapon is capable of completely halting enemy advances with the hail of micro rockets. Again, the booms. It performs so well that it has undergone very little enhancement or modification since its introduction. The Cabal's Colossus heavy infantry units wield heavy slug throwers to devastating effect. In Guardian parlance, these weapons deal solar damage. So, the the, uh, the, the predominant theme of Cabal weapons is solar damage. Um... And that's really the equipment. Now, I really, really fast do want to talk about the, there are three, there, so there, there are a couple of vehicles. Um, we know, we know of 
one, two, we know two named vehicles, and then we actually have three grimoire cards for uh, three of the lesser forms. And I'm going to run through these really fast. Um, the, the first is the Harvester, and then we have the Interceptor, and then we have the Goliath Tank. Now, these are all the grimoire cards for them. And the Harvester <clears throat> says... The blocky, dull exterior of the Cobal Harvester belies the grace and power with which they maneuver. Guardians have described them dropping in aggressively from low orbit with a deafening boom, click kicking up dust storms and swooping through the silent skyscrapers of Mars' dead city. Harvesters often remain on station after deploying Cobal troops, providing support fire with their turrets. These weapons, guess what? Deal solar damage! Um, these are... <laughs> Explodey. <laughs> they just like they do like their explosions. Um I'm saying, dude. And th so those are those are the big like the the drop ships, basically. Um interceptors. Do you want me to just read these real fast? Yeah. Yeah, I can oh, grab okay. the interceptor real quick. Okay, yeah. Pull up pull up the interceptor. I've got it already. Sweet. Though they lack the speed of a fallen pike and they're unweirdly shaped cannot match the maneuverability of a Garden Gain Sparrow, the Cabal Interceptor more than makes up for both shortcomings with firepower. A pair of low-velocity, high-yield anti-personnel-slash-anti-armor cannons on articulated mounts. Uh, spoiler alert, these weapons deal solar damage. Powered by a variant of the same boosters used in the infantry jump jets in the massive Goliath tanks, Interceptors skate over the dunes of Mars keeping close watch on the Cabal Exclusion Show. Exclusion Zone. Haven't said that enough in my life, apparently. <laughs> Jeez. And this is actually one that we can pilot. So that's this is uh, on Mars Patrol. And they're actually pretty fun. They are pretty fun. I Man, that public event, This these things make that public event. Kill the VIP public event. So much easier. You can knock through that thing so fast with these things. Um. Then we come to the last grimoire for Cabal vehicles, which is the Goliath tank. Uh, and this one says, <clears throat> with a few blood-curdling exceptions, the Goliath is the single largest piece of ground-based ordnance that the Cabal has deployed in our system. These huge armored vehicles sport an incredible arsenal of weapons, tailor-made for massive area, area denial. The Goliath's main gun is almost certainly capable of engaging spacecraft. Four massive boosters keep the Goliath mobile. The locom this locomotion system makes the Goliath surprisingly agile, but it is also a weakness. Targeting the boosters should allow a quick mobility kill, rendering the Goliath vulnerable to follow-up attack. Most Goliath weapons deal solar damage. So this is the the big tank that most of us will, you know, most anyone who has played any destiny that has any cabal in it that you know will have a mini boss fight you will have a goliath tank there and this is the the one that is super annoying because that it's also the one that makes you miss the black accurate. hammer the most oh yeah that's very true the original black hammer anyway the original black nail perk like that thing would shred those tanks so quickly yeah yeah well and so would icebreaker too but not not as efficient. yeah, not after that nerf. Oh god, 
Now it's like, hold on, wait five minutes, and now I'll shoot you again. <laughs> oh, only had two bullets. Got to wait another ten minutes. So, and then there's actually... Yeah, Josh, there you go. That was a great quote. They brought a tank to a gunfight. That, so, that was so awesome. Sums up the cabal. I am not a big fan of Nolan, but I mean, he's grown on me over the course of the time he took over for Dinklebot. But that's probably one of my favorite lines from him was oh, they brought no. a tank. His, yeah, his like, patrol quotes are freaking hilarious. But I don't patrol enough anymore. Oh yeah, no, he's got some. He's got some great quips on patrol. But so, so there's actually two other vehicles that we we don't well we see, but we don't really you know they don't call it out to us as much. And that is the Imperial Land Tanks and the Cabal Carrier. Or actually, there's three. Sorry, Imperial Land Tanks. Cabal warships, and then there's actually one called a Cabal carrier that we actually don't interact with at all. But there is a hint of it um, in one of the PvP maps, I believe, is what it is. But the Imperial tank, we actually we actually go into an Imperial tank on the Cerebrus of A three, and there the, there is a grimoire card for this one. It's a strike. And it's a quote from Zavala, and it says, Whether we wanted it or not, we've stepped into a war with the Cabal on Mars, so let's get to taking out their command one by one. Valus to Ark. From what I can gather, he commands the siege dancers from an Imperial land tank outside of Rubicon. He's well protected, but with the right team, we can punch through those defenses, take this beast out, and break their grip on Freehold. A couple interesting things also, just real quick, is the fact that, you know, We've been talking a lot about the Roman influences here. So now we have a tank that's an imperial Roman, or that's another Roman, not solely Roman, but it's a pretty Roman term. And then there's there's a location, and it's the Rubicon. And anybody who has a pretty decent knowledge of Roman Empire history, and I don't know, a big figure in that, that time period was Julius Caesar, knows that the Rubicon was actually a rather important important event and it was a it was a river that marked the boundary of the roman empire and basically the crossing of the rubicon was the moment that a lot of people kind of attribute to caesar's defiance and his uprise um so it's just interesting that they of all the names to pick they picked rubicon um but so the Imperial land tanks, these things are just enormous. These are giant behemoth things that are going through. And there's there's only the one. The other interesting thing, too, is Cerebrus is actually a, a name both in Greek and Roman mythology. Uh, he's the it's the name of the guard dog to the entrance of Hades. Uh, he was an offspring of one of the monsters of the monsters, Ichna and Typhon. And is usually described as having three heads, which is a serpent for a tail and with snakes protruding from various parts of his body. So Cerebrus is also another one of those ones that's kind of there's a there's a hidden hidden note there. Um, that's really all we have on land tanks. They're massive and they obviously house a lot of the high command of the cabal of the various detachments. Then moving on to the cabal warship. Now, again, we don't have anything to go on for the actual warship, but we actually do know 
that there is a warship that we all have experienced with the Taken King within the Dreadnought. That big ship that actually crashed through the Dreadnought's hull, that is a Cabal warship. And that warship's name is the Dantelion Exodus 6. And it's funny because Dantelion is actually another name that has some pretty pretty serious connotations in su- especially supernatural history. Um, Dantelion was actually a great duke of hell in most demonology studies. Um, he, he was a pretty, pretty big figure, and he was also extremely powerful in his own right. But the other interesting thing about the Dantelion Exodus is that it's a Skyburner warship, which is the inter- kind of the introduction to the Skyburners as a whole. I mean, we've kind of heard about them, but this was really the Skyburners kind of took precedence in the Taken King. And they... Um, they now are using it as a base of operations for the detachment that's attempting to sabotage and destroy the Dreadnought from within by order of the actual Cabal Emperor himself, which is, we'll get into that within the Ghost Fragments. Um, The last vehicle that we know of within the Cabal legions and Cabal species is what's called the Cabal Carrier. And carriers are several times larger than warships. Um, They are capable of holding entire legions as well as Imperial land tanks. So that Cerebrus of A strike that we all had, that that actually would fit into one of these carriers. And the thing about carriers is, I'm trying to remember where we see them. The, um, ah, here it is. The, uh, a crashed Cabal carrier can be seen in the background of the Aerodome of Fleet Fleet Base Koros, and it was presumably taken down by the Taken during the assault on Phobos. And that was the first mission. So all those ships that are taking off in the uh, distance when you're on the Phobos, those are actually carriers. So that's really the arsenal and the equipment of the Cabal. Um, I want to say you want to tackle the ghost fragments real fast. Yes, let's do it. All right. All right. Ghost Fragment Cabal. I have stayed with the Cabal, even as the light in me dims. I have been too far from the Traveler for too long. If I am not destined to find my own guardian, at least I can inform the city of what I've learned. I thought Mars would be the place to find a guardian. The sand preserves everything so well, and Clovis Bray had been famous for attracting talent. The brave, the brilliant, the footloose, those restless on earth and itching for fame. I stowed away aboard a Mars scout ship, hoping. No luck. Sand ate everything. Clothes from skin, skin from bone. It was as if there was never any people here at all. I have been through every broken window in every building. Nothing. That is, no guardian material. And no ride back to Earth. The scout was long gone. What I did find, however, was a way into the Cabal War Base. Their runty, piggish eyes are too dull to see me, as long as I stay out of their defense systems. The Scions are a different matter. Too quick, too clever throwing their minds around like hammers. I creep around walls, or dig into a heap of canisters and watch from there. There is a vast empire behind these creatures, many star systems away. Some pledge allegiance to that bar empire, 
obeying their ancient marching orders. Some do not. They disagree amongst themselves with the answers. I wish arguing cabal on no one. They slam their plated bodies into each other with horrendous wars. Intelligence gathering has never been so painful. That poor little Nolan bot. I feel so bad for him. And he has no Advil probably on Mars either. So, I mean, could you just imagine a couple of Kabar just slamming chest plates and roaring at each other constantly? That, mm-hmm. that would suck. Yeah, but but you get the mental image in that card. And I love these cards just because, you know, like, this is the only account that I can think of that we actually have confirmed the fact that a ghost went seeking a guardian and he never found it. And instead of of saying, okay, I'm just going to slowly die. He still finds a way to make himself useful to the city. Mm -hmm. He hides amongst the cabal and he gathers all the ink until he can before he loses all of his light. So kudos to you, little ghost. Our RIP little little buddy. Little lights. Don't call him that. that. Yeah, don't call him that. (laughs) (laughs) Cabal 2! No one's talking to you, little potato. Yes. Don't call me that. Giant (laughs) tin can. Um, (laughs) Ghost Fragment 2. Cabal 2. I mean, a hologram of a spinning golden planet in stasis, turning gently. You can see the storms moving over its face. But when the commanders congregate below it, when they activate whatever controls are below, it changes. Fissures appear on its face. Is that their home? When the room empties, I play with the controls. But it's older. Native technology that I don't recognize at all. I don't know what it means. It's not difficult to hide in these caverns when you're as small as I am. Although the scions tend to look around them when they pass me. There are infinitely many cracks and crannies. They are not a race that fears infiltration or espionage. There is meaning to the structure and layout of their buildings. This is a warrior people, and they lay out their fortifications along ancient principles and time-tested strategies. I can't figure out the sense that lies behind it. I would need ten times the computing power for inference calculations, but I know it's there. I can intuit it. It's like an open hand ready to squeeze into a fist, a threat, a gesture of power. For all their might and strength, for all that they have dug into Mars and flung upon battle walls. With the bureaucratic grimness of conquerors, I suspect that they are fleeing from something. That within their hard shells and a thousand folded shields and a sharp seed of terror. But of what? Does something follow them? Should we fear it too? Wow. <laughs> yeah, that's a great car. So it's one of my favorites. Is this a ghost? Yes. Speaking? Yeah, this is still that same ghost. I think that this yeah, is the, yeah. I want to say this is the same ghost. Uh, yeah, I want to say it's the same ghost. Um, you know, he hasn't lost all his light yet, so and he's, he's still reporting what he's seeing. And um he's trying to get into stuff, you know, he wants to get us as much intel as he can before he does go. Which, you know, once again, R.I.P. Little Ghost. I wish you were my ghost, especially if you sound like Dinklebot. Um, (laughs) So, on this one, too, there was an interesting conversation about what that planet is. Is that that their home planet? 
or is that Mars? Is that, you know... Or is it Phobos? Well... Phobos is a moon, though. Phobos would be a moon, though. It's not really golden. Do we not consider our moon a planet? No. I'm I'm just asking. It's a moon body. Yeah, it's a moon. All right, well, you know what, you little space wizard. (laughs) (laughs) Listen, Pluto had many problems, okay? If Pluto's not a planet, the moon's not a planet, Willie. Confirmed. Yeah, I don't like actual confirms on the show. Pain as a person confirms, shut your mouth. No, no, Willie, I think this is one time we can actually do it. The moon is not a planet confirmed. I don't like it. It's rare. It's I don't rare, like it at we all. can actually confirm this. Stop it. <laughs> but no, so like... The chat, the chat kind of, I mean, I don't, I can't remember if we ever actually came to an agreement. I kind of like the idea that this is actually a map of Mars because we know that um, the Scions have pulled Phobos out of the normal orbit and are holding it above Mars and it's like they're waiting to release it. And the point, I God, man, I cannot remember the article that I posted because it was so long ago, it was like last week, and I feel terrible for not being able to to give this guy credit because it was an amazing article. But he had an entire piece of the article talking about how, you know, what if so that so they've pulled they have pulled Phobos into into closer proximity to Mars, which and then it says in the card that they are waiting to release the moon, not launch it. But release it. And if you, I mean, just following natural gravitational pull, if you pull something closer to a planetary body and then just release the source of its pull of what is releasing it or what is pulling it to maintain it, it's going to go one direction and that's down. It's not going to go flinging out toward, you know, there's a couple people who are like, oh, well, it's going to be, you know, like the Yuuzhan Vong from Star Wars. They're going to use it as a weapon to launch it into something. But they don't say launch, they say release. And this planet, you know, they say they they activate whatever controls are below and fissures appear on a surface. What if they, I mean, and so the thought was, what if the point of Phobos being pulled closer to Mars is actually a extinction level last resort? And they're, they're ready to commit mass suicide, basically. They're like, we're going to win this re- battle oh, wow. and then smash the moon into the planet if they don't. And then we also know, you know, uh, then that led into a conversation about their reaction to the tape being taken. And, you know, you really have quick, that. Was that code in chat that brought that up? I really want to remember who brought that up now. What? Because um, they they brought it up, it was a Reddit Reddit article. No, Reddit no, no. This was out. this was an article that I had found a long, long time ago that had that wasn't on Reddit, but the guy had written and this guy had done an amazing job. And I, God, I'm gonna I'm gonna have to post it in show notes because I really want to give this guy credit, and I cannot. Find yeah, it. you should. Um, yeah, we need but to he credit he had it. written like pages of his own personal analysis of the cards and this was in vanilla so we didn't have any of the taken king uh you know that the taken or anything like that i'd be interested to see his his analysis you know evolve but he had been talking about you know the cabal as a society and one of the things and he was he was also the one that brought up the point of the connection between the symbiotes and the scalpel worms 
on the hive and of the cabal. And he was like, I don't really know what this is, is, but it's the patrols are saying verbatim kind of the same thing. Um, but anyways, back to this, back to the Phobos thing, the, the concept was that maybe they were using it as a mass dist- or a weapon of mass destruction in a last resort in case something went south with the Vex. And I'm actually kind of curious how that would be played into with the Taken, because again, if you remember on that first mission of the Taken King, you have that cabal that's stuck in the elevator and he's like trying to get out and he's, you know, it's almost like I kind of want to shoot him just to pity kill him because he's just like screaming as he gets dropped down the elevator shaft. I just, for a military race, I would be imagining that being taken is like the biggest dishonor that you could give them because they're being forced to fight against their own brethren. And so I'm curious if they're pulling Phobos into a low geostational orbit to be used as a weapon of mass destruction against the Vex, would they have tried to launch Phobos into themselves to prevent themselves from being taken? And I think that was where the chat kind of was headed I don't, I don't see them like mass suiciding. That just doesn't seem that it's, seems out of character for me. It doesn't though. I I, I, I I respect. I completely disagree because if they're imperial loyalists, yeah, exactly, they're going to do whatever the empire exactly. wants them to do. They they are willing to go. I mean, they are willing to die on an order, even if they disagree with that order, which we'll get to in the next uh, ghost fragment card. They they will walk into a hail of fire. If they are told to. And so I think, I mean, it, to me, it doesn't surprise me at all that they would, they would ensure, they would ensure that, you know, it's the same thing as uh, the coal protocol from Halo. If they get taken out, they want to make sure that there's no way for the enemy that actually manages to take them out to backtrack back to their planet. They, they destroy all evidence, you know, that that's kind of how I see that. So it's not necessarily that they're going to quote unquote commit suicide with a moon. It's that this is an insurance policy that if they get taken out, if you take out enough scions that are holding this moon up, that's a, yeah, that's a bad thing because now all of a sudden you, you don't just have to worry about a cabal army. Now you have to worry about the natural effect of knocking that thing, you know, off center. And I, I mean, that's, that's to me how I read that situation. So I, I kind of see this as a hologram of Mars, personally. Yeah, but is Mars gold from orbit? No, it's red, but this is a yeah. hologram. Oh, oh, kind of like the one that I mean, I get your rock off my map hologram yeah, of the yeah, dreadnought? Yeah. Yeah, okay. I mean, I'm with you. Yeah. I'm, I mean, holograms, I, I, don't, I don't attribute. I attribute the, the color of the hologram to more of the projection crystal or the projection lens than the actual. I mean... I'm sure you could have. Nah, no, nah, I'm with you. I'm with you. So, and it's he does say it's a uh, native technology. Right. So, and I don't know if that's native to Mars. Or yeah, native. I don't. I, that that stood out to me too. I don't know if, it, but it says it's older native technology. I mean, would so it be it, almost like Golden Age. Yeah, I would think so. Like Clovis Bray. Yeah, I mean, going off native. your earlier. Discovery of the Hake icon. I mean, yeah. they might they might be scavenging as much as they're. Con- I mean, because yeah. I mean, again, they're they're resourceful, so use the technology, it, use the equipment that they find. It does make sense that they would requisition, um, you know, 
weapons and gear and and assets as they went along. Right. Oh, like it, any like any marching army would. Exactly. And I was going to say also, this is also kind of another nod to the Roman military tactics because Roman uh, armies every night would build a fortification. That was that was like part of their marching orders. They would march. They would march all day, and then at night they would actually build a fort, like a fort, not a camp, not a oh here's a stick wall. No, they built actual forts every night, and then mm-hmm. they would burn them to the ground when they were done because they didn't want their enemies taking it. But yeah, so that was that was another nod in that third paragraph too to the to me at least of mm-hmm. Roman tactics. Yeah. But, real quick, real mm-hmm. quick before we hit the next, yep. um, before we hit the next uh, card, I wanted We're to talk right. about the, I wanted to talk about the four, ranks right. real quick. Um, just just a quick little overview because we're gonna we're gonna talk about a, a high ranking cabal. Is that all right with you, Blue? Yep, yep. Um, so basically, there are four known ranks in the cabal um, hierarchy that we see. Among them is Bracchus, Val, Valus, and Primus. Yes. Um, Bracchus is a lower rank. You'll see, you know, lower. Uh, um, Bracchus is, or it might be a, a yellow bar major we see named Bracchus. Um, among the Sand Eaters, um, Val is seen among Phalanx and Centurion bodyguards. It's a subordinate position to Valus. And Valus is reserved for elite centurions and colossi, and it's subordinate to Primus. Primus is, as far as we know, the supreme milita- military. It's it's the apex military rank. Now there are more than one Primus, so it think of it as admirals. I would say, right? Um, yeah, I could go with that. Well, and uh, so and they I, they would probably likely only be subordinate to an emperor or a, a ruler. I would agree. Um, so going back to the Roman parallel here, um, Primus is a possible nod to a couple titles. There is actually Primus Pilus, which is literally the first file. So okay, hang on before I before I go in here, you have to understand the basic structure of a Roman a Roman military. Um, there is rank there's obviously very, very set ranks. You have a contumbrunum, which is a which is also called the tent party, which is a group of eight men. And then that builds up into a centuria, which is most people would know that as a centur a century. But a centuria is ten contumbrunums, which would be equivalent to eighty. And then six centuries create a cohort and then 10 cohorts usually create what's called a legion now that generally will total anywhere between 48 to 5500 men um so it's it's a pretty large number a legion is not a small military t- thing especially in the time of the roman empire um there there are also a number of auxiliary units you have the equites the auxilia the venalites and then other non-combatant supports which are basically slaves or servants but that all comprises into what's called the field army now the field army is usually just all present legions of a particular area 
So in this regard, this solar system, this would be the field army of soul. I would, I would just call it that. I kind of call it that already. Um, and so what that is, is that's literally every detachment of the cabal army would be considered underneath this field army of cabal. If we're going to go with the parallel of the Roman empire or the Roman military, sorry. Now, the question here is that usually there is a primus pilus. Now, the primus pilus is literally, what that literally means is first file, and that is the commanding centurion of the first cohort and the senior centurion of the entire legion. So each, each of these breakouts has a leader within them, and each of those leaders then stack, stair stacks into um, the the division above it. So like, you know, you have a conundrum which would bow to the centuria. The centurion would lead the centuria and it would bow to the cohorts. Um, the cohorts, I can't for the life of me remember the name, or I guess it would be the primus, would be the, uh, well, centurions lead the cohorts. Sorry, that was a roundabout way of centurions lead cohorts. Um, and then each cohort would bow to a legion. Now the legion is literally also led by a group of centurions. And that's where this primus pilus was. A primus pilus is the commanding centurion of in, in each of these cohorts would be ranked in importance. And so the commanding centurion of the first cohort, which was the most prime, the prime cohort, and then also the entire legion. Now there is also another primus and that's called the primus ordinus. And that's the commanding officer of each century in the first cohort with the exception of the first century of the cohort. So with the exception of the primus pilus, the primus ordinus is the commanding officer of every century within that first cohort. So when we say primus, there actually is a pretty legit historical nod there to it. So that's that's my Roman input on this part. So you're I, I long winded way of saying yes, primus is definitely the leader. And I would agree that a primus would be would follow the orders of one person, and that would probably be the emperor. Now, there are going to be other centurions, and I think that's where you kind of have the breakout of the Valus, the Val, the Bracchus. And there's actually a couple other unknown ones that we have. Um, Is there Tau? Um, there's, there's actually, there's four unknown. It's, there's a commander, there's commander, it... Idruus, there's a ship engineer of uh, Vinegith and the Spymaster. So, the other thing to note is every single named Cabal champion slash command unit. Guess what? They're all dead. So yeah, yes, except so. for Spymaster, we don't know the. I don't. I couldn't find a confirmation of death yeah. on the Spymaster well, because he's speak. He's sneaky. Yeah, he's the, uh-huh. he's the what is what's the what's the guy from. Uh, Whatever, the sneaky Game guy. of Thrones. Game of our, Thrones. The our, spider our Lord and Savior paying. No, <laughs> no. Lord. So I didn't want to derail us, but the next card talks about a Right, primus. no, no. And it's it's a good point too. Um It's for the staff of Primus Tawn, um who commands he's a legion commander. Which, you know, that once you get yeah, all this is gonna sum up your your Roman theories here, Blue. Should I roll with it? Yep. Or Go ahead. Flip this? All right. For the staff of Primus to Odd, Legion Commander, the Skyburner 5, Cohort, 
Auxiliary Strategic Intelligence Manable, a Tactical Outcomes Analysis. Records, Materials, and Attributions Pursuant to Analysis. Sand Eater 2, Cohort Century 1, Manipul 8, 2 Squad, Line INF, Task. Sweep Urban Area Grid to Screen BL1335 Intelligence Op. Outcome, Unit Ambush by Solitary Guardian, No Survivors. The Sand Eater 2, Cohort Century 1, Manipul 8, the 3rd Squad. Task, reinforce 11182 in disarray grid. Outcome, units engaged by Guardian and Vex units. No survivors. Dust Giant 4 cohort, Century 4, Maniple 1. 4 squad, Air Mobile. Task was to secure grid 071 by 145, destroy Guardian target. Outcome, target Guardian temporarily destroyed. Target re-engaged with Guardian reinforcements. No friendly survivors. In other words, someone was like, Hey, Justin, I need some help on the snipe ball real quick. Uh, um, Want to jump in and help me out? And yeah, no survivors. No. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so Justin said no, and Blue jumped in. Damn it, Justin. Anyway, <laughs> Dust Giant 4, Go Fort Century 4, Maniple 1, Harvester Dropship Tactical Air Task. Support 4414. And I will mention that the first four there is in Roman numerals. Operations in 071 by 145. Outcome. Dropship shot down. Crew reported guardians operating elaborate totem rocket weapons. <laughs> oh, it gets so much better. Here it goes. Blind Legion. Cohort Century 3. Maniple 3. 5 Squad. Heavy Infantry. Task. Defense Cyan Intelligence Ops 071 by 146. Outcome. Overwhelmed by Guardian Fire Team Vex Pressure. Few survivors. Survivors reported guardians foraging for equipment, dancing, and performing acrobatics with light vehicles. I can't say that without a smile on my face. <laughs> uh, to analysis, this is an archetypal engagement that represents many hundreds of failed operations. Guardian activity in the freehold AO has exploded across recent campaign seasons. Tactical attrition exceeds both frictional projections and our ability to regenerate losses. New tactics are necessary. The primary threat is the Guardian's individual counter-attrition capability. Guardians can be rebuilt even after total disintegrative trauma. This capability is provided by a small, anonymous drone unit called a dead person. Translation unclear. The dead person conceals itself during combat. It is not a viable target for direct fire. Saturation attack by artillery, heavy air, orbital fire may have a good effect, although Guardians transmit frequently and refuse to assemble into large formations. Solitary dead persons have been observed in all areas of operation. The relationship between solitary and paired dead persons remains unclear. Scion analysis indicates that the specific areas are admissible to Guardian counter-attritional reconstruction. Phobos Command has initiated an, an orbital survey. BL-12 will attack the Vexgate artifact in Meridian Bay to secure possible-related intelligence. Flare analysis suggests that the Hive have developed unconventional counter-dead person capability. The capture of Hive leadership might yield vital strategic intelligence. 
including weapons or tactics capable of defeating Guardians permanently. We advance to the High Fleet group near Saturn presents a strong target. For the Primus, our highest duty done, unflinching loyal, Skyburner, V-A-S-I. So, I mean, they obviously are not thrilled about the fact that we like to dance or that we have, uh, that we have trick sparrows. They, they are not amused by these things at all. They just want to know. They, they are so frustrated with us at the point in time of this card that they just want to know how to kill us. They don't even, it, it, this card, like, they, they aren't saying, how do we take out the hive? They're saying, all right, we're going to focus on the hive right now because they found some way to kill these guys, and we want that. So, I, I mean, I love that card so much. It, it gives because, so much info. Because oh, we just got teabagged. Yeah. It's pretty but, much what it is. <laughs> um, it actually does give us a lot of nod. Oh, man. It gives us a big nod to the military structure, too. It does. So... Again, like what we were just talking about with the the breakout of the Roman military, we now know that, first off, we know that I would even posit that Primus to Arn, before he was taken, was actually the Primus Pilus, um, because this is a report to him, and it contains information on other detachments within the the field army of the Cabal. And I, I'm almost viewing the detachments as legions here. So we have a collection of different detachments reports. Not only do we have that, but we also have a numeric variation on the cohorts and the centuries. And there's this new thing called a maniple. Now a maniple was actually a, it wasn't a formation within the, the breakout of how to count military units within the Roman army. But it was actually a breakup of the marching formation, and that was it's it's called the commandopolis, and it literally is a phalanx with joints. And so, what happened was, you know, brief brief historical lesson here. Um, What happened was the Roman army for the longest time was comprised of phalanxes, and that's you know the Greek phalanx is a very brick like formation. They march. They conquer and they just roll over things pretty much. But there's there's one big there, there's one really big weakness to a phalanx, and that is maneuverability. When you aren't fighting on a flat ground like Greece, Greece is where the phalanx was kind of originated, and the the landscape in Greece is it's rocky, but when they're fighting, it's pretty pretty even keeled, and there's not a lot of need to move around a lot. Um, but what happened was the Roman army took on this, uh, this military tactic and they actually came up against these tribes of guerrilla, more guerrilla warfare oriented peoples, not just in the, the North Western European areas, but also in, I think it was Samaria not Samaria. I'm completely wrong on that one. Um, oh, I'm going to pull a blank on this one. Anyways, there was a war in which they completely got destroyed. They lost entire legions, and the enemy did not have any issue. They didn't lose anybody. And the reason was because the phalanx wasn't maneuverable enough. And the the 
in the Roman ingenuity, they just adopted the military strategy of the Samnites. That's who it was, the Samnite War. Um, and what happened was they actually created this tactical unit that was adapted by the, or it was adapted of the tactics of the Samnites that they took. And so manipulators are literally three rows of 40 men each. So it's 120 men. It, it's positioned somewhere between the centuria and the cohort. But it's a marching pattern that is used when they're in combat. And what this does is it allows them to flex instead of being in a phalanx, which is a block and they can't really move. This allows them to flex and actually prevent them from being uh, flanked as easily. So when we, when we read this card and we start seeing these terms, that's actually a pretty big nod to the Roman military because now not only do we have the detachment. So, for example, this first one, the Sand Eater, two cohorts. So this is the second cohort, the first century, and the eighth maniple. So this is a giant detachment. Or this is, you know, the second squad of the eighth maniple. And then you have, let's see the second one. Let's read the second one. You have the second cohort, again, from the Sand Eater Detachment, first century, maniple eight. And this is the third squad. This is their report. You know, this is their, these are the, these are field reports to the Primus Pilus, which is Primus Tarn. And that not only tells you, so it not only speaks towards, the military structure being very, very representative of the Roman military, but it also speaks very highly of the, the cohesion and the cooperation within this giant field army. Because not only Tarn is Tarn is the primus of the Skyburners. Okay, he's he's you know the Skyburners, and and I think we should talk about the detachments next because the Skyburners were kind of the. The, it's starting to feel to me like the Skyburners were the first. They they were the leaders of this entire field army, and they were positioned mostly on Phobos. Um, they they were not actually really in Mars necessarily. They they were present on Mars, but they were definitely more on Phobos, and that's in the Firebase Chorus and the Firebase Thuria areas and then they were also definitely on the dreadnought and that was because that warship that we were talking about earlier that's a skyburner warship and that's actually the arn's warship so they are um the sky the skyburners we'll get into them in just a minute but the skyburner primus is to arn and he's the legion commander he's also i would like i said i would argue this is the primus pilus and so he is co, co- he's um I'm going blank on my words here, but he's taking all this information and he's actually compiling staff reports to basically coordinate with the entire field army of the Cabal units. And that is Sand Eaters, Dust Giants. I think we had, um, do we have Blind? Yeah, Blind Legion. You know, I mean, these are, these are detachments that are, and these are detachments that really don't. I mean, they interact with each other, but we haven't, we didn't have any proof that they were interacting with each other to this degree until the Taken King. And that's where this, the Cabal 4 fragment actually came into play was the Taken King. So, I mean, it's a huge, I mean, not only is it freaking hilarious because of the dead person and the, you know, the light aerobatic vehicles, but it actually does give us a ton of information on how these guys are structured militarily as well as an indication of, you know, the way that they they view things. And, I mean, we now know that there's a maniple of strategic intelligence, which I would probably assume is probably mostly scions. 
So, that being said, I'm gonna I'm gonna turn it back over to Willie and Justin. Well, my personal take on this whole lot, like, I really do love some of the highlights in Cabal Four, but Cabal Three, I feel, <clears throat> I think we already said, gives us the most intel on how they, they actually interact with each other. Right. You know, would, how yeah. they really feel. And then we also have the card for Primus, which. But <laughs> so like I would I would I would posit I would posit this. I would say Cabal Cabal three gives us insight into more of the society of the Cabal, whereas Cabal four gives us more insight into the military structure of the Cabal. Would, I mean, would, you, would you agree with that? Yeah, I can for sure. Um, that um, that's actually very very well said, Blue. Um, would we mind if we did the Primus to on card? No, I think I think the Primus to on card is a good. It, do we do we want to read? I don't think the we one did. Where, did we read the Cabal three? No, we didn't. Okay, do you want to, you want me to read no, that real fast before we do? No, before we I hit those we two. Did. Did we not? Um, no, oh, you really? skipped it, Willie. You were gonna do it. <laughs> you got too you excited. He was excited to read his card. He didn't want to get skipped. So, Ghost Fragment Cabal 3. Today, Primus On leads from the front. He pounds from bunker to bunker, roaring encouragement. You're my cornerstone, he tells a wounded Saturian, grabbing her by her armored shoulders. Bear the weight. He gets back up into the fight. Come on! Talorn snaps at him, running along behind Talon and saying all the cruel things his commander can't. You don't need two arms to fight. He calls for fire support. Artillery shrieks overhead. On the plains below the Cabal perimeter, Vex march out of the lightning. Torch hammers burst up like mortars, and Talon and his Bond brother duck behind a burning interceptor for cover. This is going well, Talon rumbles. A Vex particle beam needles a little hole through the Centurion's helmet. He falls dead. Goblins swarm over her bunker, and then the Goliath tank supporting this bastion fires a main gun round into the mess, killing the Vex, the bunker and all the legionaries inside. The concussion knocks Talurn against his primus. About as well as expected, Talurn grunts. Talurn laughs. The grind is eternal, like duty. Talurn keeps fighting out here past the edge of the Empire, because failure is unthinkable. Defeat's much worse than death. But Talurn is so, so tired. Talurn gets up and starts shooting Vex. You're not really going to do it. Even though he's fully armored and only a meter away, his voice on the comm crashes with static. You're not going to go. It's mad. The Vex hobgoblins start firing at Talurn. Particle beams scream and spark off his enormous bulk. Talurn yanks him back to cover. A maniple of phalanx troops rush forward to plug the gap. I have my orders. Our report went all the way up, and the decisions come all the way back. Valis Talurn's blank helmet swivels to stare. You mean... It came from the Emperor himself. Talurn can feel the pressure gel pumping against his skin, keeping him insulated from this deadly world, keeping him alive. I'm ordered to board and capture the Hive flagship, at any cost. Vex Minotaur blinks up behind the phalanx line. Primus Talurn's armor paints the target and he absolutely unloads, putting all his fear and anger and sorrow into the wretched machine. He roars and roars. The Minotaur burns. His soldiers cheer. That's a job for an elite unit, not a few scout legions bogged down in an attrition war. 
We should wait until it's the mission I've been given. I will use what I have. Mutiny. Torn wishes, whispers. You should mutiny. Oh, to mutiny. To be like Valastrog, who took his broken legions against the reef and failed. Failed utterly. Duty is victory. Mutiny is worse than death. Even if death seems certain. No, Tarn says. And that's that. The Vex are falling back. Together, they've held the line. So, the, like I said, Cabal, Cabal 3 is definitely indicative, for me at least, of the society that they come from. Um, whereas 4 is more a nod to the the structure of the military. Though there is there is a military, you know, military confirmation a lot here too. The leader is in the front. He's definitely not leading from behind, which is again kind of a a Roman esque concept. Well, I would like to point out too, Blue, like uh, you know, my little brothers in the military of course, and um <laughs> when they get paired up into units like that, you bond, you yeah. know, and you, you see that bond that he has with to learn right in that Hard, you know, they they go good cop, bad cop on everybody that's injured. You know, he, he grabs the the female uh, centurion. Hey, you're you're my corner. Be my corner. And then you know he has to learn right behind him. You don't need your arm anyway. Get back in there. So it's it's like there's a ball in the shacks of the cabal unit here, which I, I just love so much. Right, and and we know that the cabal even have a term for it. It's called Bond Brothers. And there's actually the, the there's three Bond Brothers here. There's Talern, Ta'arn, and the Maal. And Maal is not in here, but the Bond Brothers strike, those those two Bond Brothers, they're actually Ta'arn's Bond Brother. They're they're all three Bond Brothers. Yeah, so, I'm pretty sure when we the uh the the strike, the Shield Brother. Oh yeah, they sorry, weren't ordered by the Empire to do that explosion. Right. Yes, they were. Um, uh, well, no. they were. They were told that they were. They were ordered to destroy the high flagship at any cost. And so, what happens is they crash into the flag. And then you have that concept art that shown in the ride along of the four cabal warships. That's right. The Dantelion was the only warship that made it through, and they crashed in. And then shortly after that, Taon gets taken. And he, the Primus gets taken. And then you have the two S.H.I.E.L.D. brothers who are left. And they were all three Bond brothers. And the two S.H.I.E.L.D. brothers, I, I want to say, I'm going to pull up. Because I want to say that they actually weren't, they weren't actually breaking orders. They, um. Well, you can hear, you know, and you get the feeling that, that the Skybirders, they are loyalist to the Empire. But when it comes down to Tuarn, supposed to. You know, go on what they they know it's a mute, uh, a suicide mission, right? Well, and that's that what I was to go that's what I was saying. And about he's the like Phobos situation is like he's like no, I'm ordered to if if exactly, and it's like if if it was the U.S. Army, you know, like bro, we can go AWOL. And it's like no, I got my orders. Well, We're and, need this. and we we know that there was one. There was a, a legion or a detachment that did go AWOL. and it didn't go. It yeah. didn't go well for them. Period. Well, they but had also, to fight us in the end. So, well, that and, I mean, they got they attacked the reef and then they lost. Like 
not only did they attack the now, reef and lost, then they got imprisoned and, you know, got There's speculation on that, remember? Um, um, yeah. There, there is a chance that they're kind of there. Like, when it comes down to the Broken Legion, Barracks is really quick to change the subject. He does not oh, like to talk about right. yeah, he, how the Broken <laughs> Legion are in the prison of elders. And there, there was a lot of spec. I remember seeing that in the chat. See, I was there. It's just there was so, <laughs> so much more, so, but I did catch what I could, and um, that that is really interesting, though. Right? Yeah. You know? There is something it says how he and his army about, became dis- denizens. Of, oh, sorry, sorry. No, go, no, go ahead. Okay, go ahead. I'm um, just real quick. He said how he and his army became denizens of the prison of elders is not public record, and Varix tends to skirt the issue when pressed. What is known as T- Torog's bloodlust and mastery of wartime stratagem is intact with the, within the prison. So he's, he still has, yeah, you're right. He still has pretty much all access, but. They don't call him a prisoner. They call him a denizen. Correct. You know, I, I think that's interesting. Well, um, he graces the prison with his presence. <laughs> Well, and we know that. I mean, yeah, the, the other the, primus uh, mm-hmm. was it was it Valark that or Vuark? Ah, no, I can't even say it anymore. Um, too much caffeine. But it, it is our primus before that says that he failed miserably um, when going not a not going a wall, but doing the same thing that the Broken Legion did. Um, oh, to mutiny. Mutiny, yes, thank you, sir. Yeah, because to learn to learn know, to learn tells to Arn he should mutiny, and Talarn just is like, no. And yeah, like, I well, mean, he, I mean he, he's like, oh, to be like, yeah, they failed. Yeah, you got to remember that they were defeated by us. Mm-hmm. So in a way, that could be how they failed. Like we don't actually know how the why the Broken Legion is in the prison of elders. But we know they're there, and we know Varix doesn't like to talk about it for some reason. And I find that very, very interesting, personally. Um, would I go as far as to say Varix has a deal with the Broken Legion? No. Probably not. I don't I think mean, so. that's that. It's super spinful, but it was brought up in chat. I don't remember I mean, who what, brought it up in chat, but thank you for doing be? that, though, I mean, what exactly uh, like what? I mean, I could see it maybe for the hive or for the vex. Actually, for the vex, there there kind of is a deal there, but for him, for the cabal, I mean, why? It, it, I don't think there's really a deal with the vex, though. The vex quadron it's, quadron is waiting. It, he he kind of just that's what I'm saying. I don't there. think quadron really asked permission or said, "Hey, barracks, I'll give you this if you let me stay here." He was just like, this is where I'm going to be until I say so. And I don't think anybody could really stop him and his uh, his group from doing that. Um, but so, yeah, I mean, again, this is why when we were talking about Phobos, I'm like, I'm completely behind the idea that Phobos is designed to be an extinction level insurance policy. Like they're they're They are willing to crack Mars in half and they don't have a problem with it. That's just, that's the job. All right, so. I um, have something crazy real quick. Mm-hmm. You want yeah, go, Justin, crazy? do it. Do it. Okay, look at the card. 
Look at the card, um, the picture of Primus Ta'an after he's been taken on the Primus Ta'an taking. Dude, card. I've had this card up forever, but we just keep spinning okay. fooling on other okay. things. So. No, no. Look at it. Mm-hmm. Then go to the bungee armory and pull up the Thagomizers. The what or what? The Thagomizers. They are a cabal themed Titan gauntlet. Oh, yeah, yeah, that yeah. That is yet to drop. Uh, I thought those looked more like balls. No, no, check it mm. out. It's it's Primus to On's gauntlets. And you can buck me, uh, that's with a B, on the hockey <laughs> um, thing, but this is, like, literally the same gauntlets. Oh. Everybody, just look right now while I read the card. Oh, Once again, yeah. bravo. Okay, I see you. Bravo. Yeah, those are wow. That's yeah. Thagomizers are to arms gauntlets, which is they really are. weird because There's no freaking doubt. Well, at least that means that we're that means that sure. we're really big, or he's really tiny. Yeah, but transmat stuff. Do you think he can't really be like exotic perk on that? Do you guys have that up? Because um, uh, yeah, I got it up. Twist. Um, no, one two punch. One two punch, one, two yeah. punch unlocks the striker subclass node amplify for free. You gain an additional melee charge. Hmm. Eh. I'm not a titan, so you look like a stegosaurus, though. <laughs> um, and it's actually funny because a thagomizer is the stegosaurus's tail with the horns. So hey. there you go. Hey. Science? You stop it. <laughs> um, you stop it right now. So, I don't on. appreciate that, Squishy. I do not appreciate that at all. But it's what it hey, is. Stego. Stego my ego. I don't okay. like you bringing these facts to the table. <laughs> I don't know. All right. I'm going to do this card because it is freaking awesome. Um, Primus Ta'an. You are Ta'an. Primus of the Skyburners. Veteran of star-shaking campaigns. Bond brother to Talern and Ma'al. Your beloved comrades. Your faithful friends. For a while, you were the mightiest cabal soldier in the system. You have been taken. You are free now. Free of the ancient armor and stinking oil that kept you alive. Free of cold Phobos watches and desert air that wants to pull your guts out of your throat. Breathe. Taste the sweet, forgotten air of home. But what happened? How did you get here? These are the most important questions, Primus. What caused this? What code did you obey? Duty. Duty brought you here. Duty is all there was for you. Your emperor told you to get aboard the dreadnought at any cost. I will go with you, Tullerurn said. And you said, no, no. This is my duty. I will fight with you, Maul said. And you said, turn back. I will do this alone. You love them. So you left them. After you crashed your command into the target, and you did your very damnedest for the emperor for your duty, all against the Howling Horde. But it wasn't enough, was it? That code is not enough. Sometimes you have to go on alone. There is a knife for you. It is shaped like loneliness. Pick it up. You will not need these things anymore. Duty, camaraderie, pride. You will not need an emperor or a bond brother or any other code. You will not need anything at all. You will be your own whole purpose, 
a beautiful final purpose, everlasting. Cut away these useless things. Take the knife. Take it up and use it. Take your new shape. You stegosaurus, you. Thagomizers. Thagomizers. In post stream, I'll I'll tell you a a fun fact about that term. Um, Let's roll. Let's roll. Yeah, he keeps mentioning the knife. So, okay, but real quick, real quick, real quick, real quick. Uh, Taken, he's free, so he's no longer enslaved. (laughs) Maybe by his duty. Nope, no longer enslaved by his duty. His sense of duty, Blue. Right, right. But a scion is also Just no longer stop. enslaved. No. Right. You see what I'm saying? Yeah. You see the yeah, connection yeah. there. So, yeah. and we know, we know, Primus was a cabal, and so my point is that a scion could be a cabal too. And I think this is where I'm kind of. That's where I kind of see. The point of the scions as not a slave species, but actually a morph variant of the cabal species. I want to point out the fact that he won't need any more duty. Um, Justin, what do you have to say about that? I think he's free from duty at this point. <laughs> You're a three-year-old. <laughs> for for the no, record. The chat is now ready. going, cry, is crying, laughing now <laughs> for I pronunciation heard, I heard of. Behind you. It's so what? amazing. I'm um, sorry. Duty. Yeah. So, anyways. But, so, I mean, I, I think that, yeah, I mean, the the other and thing is this. Nope, go for it. Go for it. Uh, the, the thing about the liquid, once again, um, where is it? I was looking for it on the card. I had it, and then I lost it because Justin made me laugh repeatedly, and I accidentally scrolled. And where is it? But we were talking earlier about we don't know what that liquid is exactly, and we were thinking that... Uh, yeah, confirmed. Yeah, It, it might have been just some, something that helps them lubricate their system, so to speak. You know, helps their stuff move. But he uses it as a source to live in this card. You know, that that's one of the things Orc says, hey, you don't need that anymore. So just stop. Join me. Right. And, and I, I, I think that feeds more to the fact that it could be part of their environment. Right. As was discussed in the chat as well. And the idea that they might be aquatic or at least amphibious. Amphibious, yeah, most likely because I mean, obviously, they know how to walk on two legs. Mm-hmm. Um, that's not something they just learned. Right, they're very good at it, and even well, though they I do noticed. it slowly, they do that on purpose. I've got a really interesting theory on cabal evolution. I really would like to get to at the end. Okay, really quick cool, though, and I, I've I still do. got a pay in theory to spit out there too. So, but I, I do want to point out that there is also a confirmation that that. Tawn would be the Primus Pilus in this situation. Because if you read at the end of the first paragraph, it says you were the mightiest cabal soldier in the system. So he he was I'm I'm reading that, and please disagree, let me know if you disagree. I'm reading that as he is the commanding officer of the cabal presence in the soul system. I mean, would you would I was you, gonna make a 
Yeah. Right. No, no, no. I was just saying it, it also, it also is indicative that, you know, he, like I was saying, he is the primus pilus. He is the commanding officer of all the cabal. And, you know, there's also, you know, as with all the other Taken, there's the, the knife thing. Again, we need to have a Taken episode. I'm sorry, Kashin. I'm yeah. sorry. I know. I'm rude. I'm a terrible person. Rude. Oh. But, so here's here's the other thing is um, I don't know really if we want to do we want to run do we just want to run through the champions real fast and not actually read the grimoires? Yeah, that's what I think. <clears throat> okay, so I'll just blast through these real fast. Okay, starting at the bottom, we have and now some of these will not have grimoire cards. Um, some of these are actually minor minor champions that you find throughout the game. Um, starting at the bottom, we have, and we kind of mentioned these already. You have Commander Erudus. Uh, this is a yeah, he's dead. Most so basically, the only one of the names that I am not about to read to you that is not dead is the Spy Master. That in that, and I don't even know if he's dead. I just know that I don't have confirmation of his death. <laughs> so Super Commander sweet. Commander Erudus was a Dust Giant Centurion. He appeared in the Hollows. He was the uh, the public event. Um, Super dope. Yeah, he's he's dead multiple times. Um, he is a commander. He's a centurion. So I, I he's a centurion. He's a champion, but he I think would actually fall under the centurion form, not necessarily in the Brachus or anything like that. The siege engineer is the next one. It's a siege dancer again, a centurion who appears in the Dust Palace during patrol missions. Um, usually, he's driving a giant tank. Um, then there is just this name. It's Venegath is a Skyburner major centurion who is dropped off in Holbreach prior to the Valista Og arriving. Um, and then there's the spy master, which I have absolutely no information on. It's spy master. And I, that's all I got. So then we go up to the Brachus. And again, we're going to go from the bottom to the top. So we have Brachus, the org who, was yeah he's he's of he's a Brachus of the Sand Eaters, and then we have Brachus the Arn again dead. He's also a Brachus of Sand Eaters, and this was the Brachus that you encounter at the end of the Rising Tide mission. Now the other the next Brachus was actually taken, and it is Brachus Horusk. And I don't know how if I'm mispronouncing that, but he was actually the only other ch- uh, champion of Cabal that were, was taken. So Primus to Arn and Brachus Horusk were the actually the only two Cabal that I think were taken. The last Brachus would be Brachus Tharag, and that is a Skyburner Sertorian. Um Sometimes you will encounter this character, this NPC, at the Goliath tank battle in the Shield Brother Strike on the Dreadnought. So again, that's the Brachuses. Then we have the Vals. So you have Val Arun. Um, this is actually a Val of the Broken Legion. Now the interesting thing here is he's not actually a Val. Him, it says that his ascension to Val will never be considered official by the Cabal High Command proper, but within the Prison of Elders, the approval of the outside world is meaningless. So. <clears throat> Again, another indication that the Broken Legion is um, not within the realm of the command. Then we have uh, Val Boork. This is a siege dancer. He's a phalanx, actually. 
that appears in the trench works during the Cerberus Bay strike. Then we have Val Kowal. Uh, we do not know his class. We do know that he is a siege tanker or siege siege tanker <laughs> siege dancer um, that pilots a Goliath tank in the trench works. And then such a stinker, 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 stinker. <laughs> and then you have Val Maog, who is another siege dancer. This is a phalanx, and again, this is a phalanx that's in the trench works. Um, and then Val Zuark is another siege stinker phalanx. God, man, I cannot talk today. Siege no. dancer phalanx that appears in the trench works again during the Cerberus Vey. So it seems like a bunch of the siege dancer vows are actually phalanxes. Yeah, you forgot the, the best one. Who? Val Kilmer. You no, my God. You have been waiting. You have <laughs> waited God. the entire episode, have you not? Oh, my God. Uh, real All quick, right. I wanted to bring up, um, we never fight an Arn, do we? Like a Valus or Talus uh, Arn? I know what you're, where you're going with this, and no, we do not. Because that is the raid shotgun, which mm-hmm. says, without victory, we cannot go home which is from Primus Arn. And uh, we all know that's a raid weapon from the King's Fall raid. So that could be a hint. I just wanted to throw this out there for Spinfoil. Yes, this is Spinfoil, but for me, the fact that we never fought him, and he's talking about without victory, we can't go home, that means he has something to do with orcs. Um, possibly, could it could be very slightly... Uh, on a scale of 1 to 10, you know, paying Ryan a Chinese dragon, that Arn could have been part of an assault that the Taken had already made on the Cabal and obviously failed since it's called the Silence of Arn. Yeah. And, and I mean, I just figured we could try to discuss that real quick for a little bit. Yeah, do you want me to run through the Valises real quick? We didn't get through the Valises yet? No, I was on the Valis. There's a lot of them. We killed a lot of Cabal. Just FYI. I think it was Destinopedia did a count, and it's like literally we've destroyed like 50% of the Cabal in the solar system. <laughs> I was about to say, that's in our solar system. Yeah, yeah. So we um, have... we have. That's another thing that was brought up in chat, too. Um Go ahead with the... So let me, let me finish the Valis real quick. So we have Valis to Ark, who is, you know, the <laughs> Valis of the Siege Dancers. We have Valis Traog, who is the Valis of the Broken Legion. He's the uh, guy with the Rainbow Shield, who everyone absolutely loved. <clears throat> then you have Valis to Learn. And this was actually the, um, on the Shield Brothers strike, this was the dude that has the giant arc cannon on his back. So this is the Valis of Skyburners and the Bond brother to Valis Maal. Um, Valis Maal is, again, a Valis of the Skyburners. This is the guy who likes the ground pound. And he is also a Bond, so he's a Bond brother to Valis to learn. And both of these, to learn and Maal, were Bond brothers also of Ta'an. Now you also have Valis Toog, I think is how you to off. Um, 
and he is a Skyburner Colossus champion, and he sometimes appears at Hullbreach on the Dreadnought. Then the last Valus that we know of is Valus Goorn, and this is another Skyburner Colossus, and again, he is at the Goliath tank battle in the Shield Brother Strike on the Dreadnought. So that brings us to the Primus. Now, we already talked about Primus to on, and, you know, I would argue that he is the Primus Pilus of the system. <clears throat> um, so the other Primus that we know of is Primus Sha'al. Now, the, um, the Primus, this is the Primus of the Blind Legion. And this thing is, is like the Blind Legion, and I think we should go into the detachments real fast too, because the Blind Legion is the Legion that has been completely fascinated with the Vex. Um, and there, this fascination really does seem to stem from the leader of that Legion or that detachment. And he, he continuously puts their, his command, his detachment into great risk by pushing into lands occupied by the Vex to, you know, they the, the blind legions pretty much role on the battlefield is the capturing and the protection of Vex technology. Now, the Blind Legion is also predominantly on Mars. There, there's three main locations. If we do, we really, I don't really want to parse those out for just yeah, the sake of point of time. But they they are pretty much only on Mars. They only encounter on Mars. Now, the the other thing with these legions is each one of these, in true military fashion, has a a um, very distinct physical appearance. The Blind Legion is actually one of the few that we actually have an icon of. And, and it's awesome. It is an amazing icon. I absolutely love it. But it's so the physical appearance of the Blind Legion, they're going to have, they're the, they're the cabal that have the dark gray armor. And then they have these giant white skulls with black eyes and like teardrop lines, I guess would be the call, what you would call them. It's, it's really a cool, a cool emblem. Um, and then we have, a detachment that not many people know about because they don't actually exist in game. Um, they are not yet. They were actually referenced in the official strategy guide and they are called the bone crushers. And that's literally all we know about them. We know nothing other than what they are named. We don't know what their armor shade is. Um, so I, I'm looking forward to that. You know, that might be that primus that you were talking about too. Um, and then you come to the Broken Legion. I'm just going to run through these really fast so that we can have some spin foil fun. Um, then you have the Broken Legion. Now, the Broken Legion, as we've said repeatedly, is the Legion that they kind of, they ran off and attacked the Awoken. Um, we don't really know what happened, but they are now imprisoned in the Prison of Elders. And their uh, physical characteristics is pretty much, they, they're, they're usually in an orange shade of armor. And they also have, you know, that, yeah, they have an orange armor. And then the prime, the, uh, Valus of theirs is the one with the, the, uh, rotating shield. That brings us then to the dust giants. And these are the shock and reserve troops. Um, they are physically going to be the cabal that have dark green armor with usually a yellow trim on them. They are also generally only on Mars. Actually, they are only on Mars. Um, they 
are very highly trained and they're heavily conditioned. And they generally, they, I think if I remember right, yeah, dust giant soldiers seem to be recruited from the veteran sand eater infantry. So these are kind of the elite of the sand eaters. And we'll talk about the sand eaters in just a second. The ice reapers, and I'm going to go alphabetically. That's why I'm kind of, it feels like I'm jumping around. The Ice Reapers, we actually don't know where this detachment is located because we only have encountered three, uh, wait, we've encountered a few, but three main named Ice Reapers, and those are the Scion Flares that we talked about earlier. Now, those Scion Flares, which most of us know um, as one for each of the light uh, variants, Kolar is the Arc, Vatch is the Solar, and then you have Numok for Void, and each of those scion flares has their own little cloak that everyone wants and the the role and purpose of the ice reapers really does seem to be it's an elite scion operant version or like a they're they're almost like bodyguards or like a a secret society of or a secret assassin group um we do know that they are allied with uh Ta'arn. he is the one that orders them but they do often fight alongside the Dust Giants as well as the Siege Dancers. Or no, take that back. They fight alongside the Dust Giants and the, the, the wall in Tarn orders them. So again, another point to Tarn being the Primus Pilus. That brings us to the Sand Eaters. Now the Sand Eaters are pretty much the base of the, the Cabal Force. These guys are the just frontline infantry that's their purpose and they are pretty much yeah they are in the the mars area again now again just like we were saying with the dust giants there is obvious interaction between the detachments so veteran sand eaters do have the chance to become dust giants and the thing about the uh the sand eaters is they are pretty much the like i said they they're the grunts of the entire cabal force you're going to see them being in the white and green armor. They're pretty run down looking. And then that brings us to the siege dancers. Now the siege dancers are your advanced shock troops. Um, these are going to be more your specialist and your heavy, heavy hitters. Um, they are going to be in the blue and yellow armor and they are only on Mars as well. <clears throat> they are going, let me see, let me pull my notes on this one. This is the elite forward unit and they are deployed into unsecured areas to take control and set up fortifications. So they're tactical. Yeah, go for it. Yeah, no, I was going to say, I'm like spec ops. They have a lot of uh, operating Freedom. leeway. Yeah. Yeah, they, they're they they're not so much commanded as much as the other units. Right. right. Um, I was going to say, their tactical doctrine allows more freedom to unit commanders, perhaps because their uh, missions face uh, much greater okay. unknowns. Uh, engineers have been observed to complete to compete in demolition challenges, nodding back to <laughs> the conversation we had with Willie. And it's whether this represents training or a form of recreation is unknown. <clears throat> so again, another, another little nod to the, the love of explosives. And that brings us to the Skyburners. And, you know, again, the Skyburners, Primus to Arn is the, the Skyburner Primus. Um, that definitely hints that this is the first uh, legion or the first cohort, if you were, 
in this entire field army, their role is literally celestial demolitions. That is their entire purpose. They are going to be the cabal that you see in light blue armor, and every single cabal has a helmet brush, whereas most of the other um, uh, detachments, you won't really see that helmet brush that's kind of like that Saint-14 brush. You're not going to see that on a lot of them, but the Skyburners, every single unit within the Skyburners has that. And the Skyburners are actually the ones that, again, they're not actually on Mars other than inside the Imperial land tank. They're going to be located on the Phobos base and then also within the Dreadnought. And that is pretty much every single detachment that we do know about. Um, the other thing about the Skyburners is that their full strength has actually not yet arrived in the system. Um, they, they, there is, uh, I'm losing my words. Well, the, one thing that I thought that was really interesting before we move from the Skyburners mm -hmm. is that Dead Orbit actually assures the city that they have no immediate threat to the city. Like, um, in Dead Orbit, it's usually, hey, we have to go somewhere, we have to do something. But then you have them saying, hey, these Skyburner guys, I wouldn't really worry about them. Yeah. I just thought that was an interesting And they worry about thing. everything. I'm, exactly. So I, I just thought that was an interesting <laughs> thing to point out. It's like when it comes to everything else, you know, that orbit's like, ah, let's get the hell out of here. But then when it comes to the Skyburners, it's like, eh, they're not really a threat. You know, don't worry about them, even though their their prime got taken and uh, uh, I call them a prime. Damn it, all the hell. Well, the other the other thing I was going to say about them, <clears throat> the Skyburners have a direct line to the Emperor. So again, that's another nod to. Well, I mean, if if the president wants to give a specific soldier orders because he is in the spot that the president needs somebody, the president will find a way to call that soldier. Yeah, but the, pre the emperor didn't call them; they called the emperor. Yeah, he sent, but he it, sent a request up, and they requested. It does came make back. sense, though. Who oh, has their finger on the on the button that launches the nuke? The the high man in the hierarchy. Oh you know yeah, I mean? yeah. That's but I mean, again, what but what I'm saying is, again, that's an, indi an indicative of the Skyburners and yeah. to Arn being the prime of. Yeah, that's. All I, the was agreeing with you. So, I was agreeing with you. Calm down. Calm down. Don't tell me not to calm down. <laughs> so that's that's the. Um, the detachments. Now there is one little thing that's kind of fun. There is apparently on Mercury a collection of Cabal ships that no one knows anything about. Um, and that's actually on Vertigo. The uh and the card says when the Vanguard launched its first waves of exploratory ships to Mercury, it found that Cabal fascination with the Vex isn't contained to the war fronts of Mars. The Guardians discovered a small fleet of Cabal dropships hanging in place alongside a collection of unique structures. Their propulsion systems were slaved in sequence to keep the ships, the ships there indefinitely. The fate of the Cabal is as mysterious as Vertigo itself. The Guardians detected no catastrophic malfunction, no disease, and no bodies aboard any of the fully supplied ships. As for the structure, upon recent inspection by Lord Shax himself, the Crucible Handler sent a recommendation to Commander Zavala and the Speaker. 
quote, the verticality will do wonders for new recruits. It's time to fight, end quote. So there, there is this unknown grouping of dot drop ships that we don't know who the attachment belonged to, but they that, are actually at Riker as well. And that's one thing that we haven't really delved into yet either. And we're actually running past what time we normally do, but I don't care. Um, these guys, they have a fascination with the Vex as well. It's not just Guardians. It's, it's not, not just Hive. It's not just Osiris. You know, they want to know, at the same time, they're finding Vex tech. Mm-hmm. They, that was a, um, a PvP map. Grimoire, I believe, the red-blue. Right, that's uh, and, Vertigo. And there's another one. I'm not going to look it up right now because reasons, but there is another one where they talk about how the Cabal holds several Vex structures. Yeah, the um, the uh, Blind Legion <clears throat> is predominantly responsible for those. So, they, that, that's their purposes. They they capture and then they protect the Vex technology, and that's a nod to their commander's odd fascination with the Vex. So. Nice. We ready? So We, we ready to jump into we, spin foil? Yeah. Yeah, I think so. Um, I think you've thoroughly hit the Roman theme. Mm-hmm. And uh, connection. Let, well, by all means, let's hear it. Um, obviously, it's the point that I just made about Vertigo. Mm-hmm. Um, we know that that's where Osiris was at least partially. Um, he had bases, and it's it's a connection there. That's I mean, it's tenuous. I'm not going to say that Osiris was connected in any form or fashion to the disappearance of the Cabal. But it does indicate that there is something about the Vex that is transcending just not just the Guardian's fascination, but it's also something that's fascinating to other races. Um, you know, the the Vex were originally explained to us as evil, so evil that it hates other evil, which, you know, we kind of touched on in the Vex episode is really, I mean, it's it's not it, it does a large disservice to the Vex. Um, because they're, they're not necessarily quote evil. Um, they they might, I mean, just, just like what we've discovered here. Well, we had our theories on that in the chat as well. Right. Um, you know, because of X, that's, that's a whole nother scenario. Right. Um, but it's, it's interesting to me too, that there is a connection, you know, there's a tenuous connection here to Mercury, to the Chloris Basin, and that is very close to Osiris's base camp, the Lighthouse, and, you know, there's, you know, indications of experiments being done in Osiris's camps, and there is obviously something going on here with the, the, the Cabal and the Vex, so I did, I did find that, because I've been struggling to find a connection between Osiris and the Cabal, because Osiris has a connection to every single other kind of species that we've encountered except for the cabal like there really wasn't any he didn't really seem to care about them as far as the grimoire that we have 
And so this is a this is an interesting connection too because this will allow this allows you to kind of backtrack into the cabal if you know he was introduced to him here or you know however that happened. So, but I will I will bow to you guys. Yeah, uh, Vertigo is Osiris's treehouse confirmed. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, Willie, did you have anything for spin four? Um. For this particular case, I'm going to say yes, actually. <laughs> I'm going because to yes. we have the pain theory of the week. So, as you just said, that was Osiris's treehouse, Mercury. Where did the cabal go? Mercury. Perhaps Payan himself Himself, had decided to take it upon himself because St. 14 asked him to to take those cabal and show them through the Vex gates show them the realities, the timelines in which they actually survived this whole thing and that is where those cabal are yes it's a 20 on a 1 to 10 but we haven't had a pain theory in quite some time and believe it or not, it took me a hell of a long time to think of that that pain theory. <laughs> so, pain helped those cabal see the light confirmed. <laughs> <laughs> God bless America. <laughs> we now have it on command. <laughs> That's the pain trombone. <laughs> <laughs> No, uh, that's, if if Payne connects all these threads, it will be, and this is not, I don't say this facetiously in the least, it will be <laughs> the most intriguing bit of writing I've ever seen in my life. <laughs> I just want, I just want to read part. it at the end of the, <laughs> yes. the process. Yes. <laughs> Willie, how um, are these all things connected? Payan. Hey, Payan. Hey, uh, Blue, since you read Highland, Payan is Lazarus Long. Oh, God. There you go. Um, No, I actually have a really, well, it's interesting to me. I have a really interesting (laughs) point to make. It's it's probably nothing, but just sit down for an hour. But, um, um, okay, so in the very beginning, when we first read the first Cabal card, and I can't remember it verbatim, but... It, it said that they wear highly pressurized suits to mimic the <laughs> the high gravity of their of their homeworld, right? Yes. Now, it, this is what's been bothering me the whole time. The whole time is uh, a life form that evolved in hypergravity would not be larger than us. It would most likely be smaller than us because. Gravity's effects on your spine and and your growth rates, yes. it actually stunts it. Astronauts that will go into outer space will actually grow inches. Um, it just depends on how long they're out there. Their spine will actually elongate. And that's why um, they have to have pressure training when they come back. Exactly. And just gravity, just being under the constant force of gravity um, is, is one of the main evolutionary – um, deciders of how big a species gets. 
um, among other things. I'm not a scientist, but I have a, I have a really cool theory. And that is, you have the cabal. Is that pain connects us all? (laughs) Yeah. No, pain made the gravity more than earth. And no, Um, but I had this theory that the cabal is just spreading across the, uh, is spreading across the, the galaxy, um, fighting in these engagements and the cabal that have risen to the ranks of centurion colossus, um, are the ones that have been out in hypogravity, um, it, in microgravity, and have been allowed to to grow bigger. Um, and the scions have evolved back on the home world, and they're an evolutionary tract of the cabal that remained a little bit smaller from being squished in the cabal home world's hypergravity. Now, there's a bunch of holes in this. And just a the main one, the main one being the average lifespan of a cabal. And, um, but we do, we wait, well, wait on that because we know that the average lifespan of cabal is extremely long. Where's that? Where's that? Come uh, from? Hang on. I will find it. Uh, well, pretty short. He if they appeared it. in vanilla and he will read it to you. Well, yeah, touche. You, you win this argument on that one. Um, hang on. Oh, I, I remember reading this. Um, okay. Brachus, Brachus the org. Mm-hmm. Victory comes on the wings of death. It says reports of the one they call Brachus the org begin in the earliest days of contact with the cabal. The first guardians who faced him are long lost, but the legends speak of a powerful commander who secured the buried city with merely a fraction of the cabal's forces on Mars. If these reports are accurate, they provide clues not only to Thorg's tactical prowess, but the Cabal lifespan. I gotcha. So if they lived incredibly long, incredibly long periods of time, it's not completely spinfully to think that a centurion that spent a lot of time in lower gravity might not have grown bigger. I it's it's just it kind of goes off the whole scion morph. No, and the, and the thing, yeah, and the thing also about that's bugged me about the whole because there's there, there was the argument about oh they're trying uh what was oh god what was the argument um oh Phobos the argument about Phobos um or the theory about sorry not an argument not an argument the theory <laughs> about Phobos being pulled in to recreate the gravitational pull of their homeworld. And the problem was, and this was kind of later in the chat too, the problem was is that Mars is actually only a third of the gravitational pull of Earth. So if you're going to be recreating a gravitational, if you're looking for a home, let me back up. If you're searching for a planet to replace your home world and you come from a high gravitation environment or a, uh, hyper gravitation environment god man whatever the high gravity <laughs> I'm, losing, I'm losing my words i apologize it's getting late um if you come from a planet with a, a strong gravitational pull you're not gonna go to the planet in the solar system that is a third of the gravitational pull of another planet that's like a hop and skip away right yeah if you're if they if they were looking to replace their home planet, they would have either come to Earth 
or they would have gone to Venus or something because Venus unless well, well unless Venus, there were other environmental considerations than uh, gravity. I mean, yeah, I guess, but Mars Mars is a freaking desert. And we I mean, that's one of the things is like they have to keep they have to keep that that liquid against them to keep hydrated, right? Mm-hmm. So Venus would have been another option. Uh, Earth would have been obviously, in, in my opinion, the the prime option for the gravitational pull. Plus, it's not a I don't know a giant desert that's going to kill you if you forget to put your helmet on. And then, I mean, there there was just there's those two options right there seem to be a lot more hospitable if you're if the entire point of your landing on the planet is searching for a hospitable planet for your species and you come from a species that is for the lack of a better term amphibious you know like it just and and an amphibious plus you're from a high gravity planet you know it doesn't i mean i just keep thinking of princess princess of mars uh by edward burroughs you know when the human goes to mars he can jump forever and he like freaks out all the people and he's shorter than everybody, you know, just like what you were saying, he's shorter than everybody, but he's so much denser. His muscle mass is so much stronger. That's, that's why if you, you know, and my wife made, made fun of it too, because she was like, yeah, that's why, uh, in Dragon Ball Z, they always train in the, the weight chamber, the gravity. I can't remember what they're, I don't know what they're called. But there's pods that they train in that they can amp up the gravitational pull, right? And they train because their muscles will build so that when they come out of those pods to a earth gravity field, they are infinitely stronger than, you know, they instantly get this boost. So that's, that's where I'm coming from. But then you also, you know, you know, in regards to the, they need to be smaller thing. I don't know. I mean, it makes perfect sense. I, I really don't know, and I think that might be part of why they have the armor, too. Yeah, and I'm just playing devil's advocate here, but it could be that they picked Mars because it's a blank slate. <laughs> yeah, but, I mean... I mean, I they do know. have I, yeah, terraforming. I, they, they do have... Well, it's not terraforming to no, them. No, they it's, carve into it, yeah. Whatever. It's whatever you would call their homeward world forming. They have some sort of world-shaping ability... Not on the level of the traveler, but I don't know. It's all very interesting to me. There, there's such an enigma, but there's a lot of structure there, which makes me think the enigma will at some point unravel. I think if you know, just here, I think that if we get an, an influx of more of another field army, right? Let's just call. Let's just call the, the presence in this solar system a field army. If we get the influx of another field army and we get appropriate grimoire akin to the the volume that we got from the Taking King, if we get that for anything, any race right now, I think that that's going to clear clear up the muddy waters significantly. Because the thing is, is just you know what we've discovered as we've moved through these races. And again, I really would want to do a Taken episode too, because that's kind of gonna that's gonna be a kind of good segue to talk about this. Is 
they these races really are kind of interconnected with each other. I mean, the Cabal and the Fallen weren't really in-game. There's a bunch of concept art that showed the Cabal and Fallen working alongside each other, and now we have Fallen on Mars. So we actually do have a planet that they're both cohabitating, kind of. But they those Yeah, but that's different though. Well, right, right, that's, right. That that's the wolves trying to you know, kind of take their own territory on Mars where, where the Cabal actually aren't having it at right. all. Right, which is weird because the concept art shows them working together, but I... I well, it doesn't necessarily... The concept art doesn't mean it was the wolves and the Cabal right. working together. Right. It could be, you know, the House of Kings. Once again, when we got into the Fallen episode, we mentioned the fact that the House of Kings, they're the smartest of the... Uh, Mm-hmm. Fallen houses right now. I would they still have that. their Kel. They have their uh, Prime. They have their Archon still alive. And those are the three that you actually need to run your house and make sure it's done right. Yeah, I mean um, between the House of Ke- the House of Kings and the House of Exiles, and the Exiles are yeah, just around just simply because Exiles either. Right, but the exiles are around just because they're the not. I mean, I don't mean this, but they're the pun is unintentional. But they're the dregs of the fallen society. Literally, they're the. Well, we, they could have grown. So well, much yeah, that's though. true. With the fall exiles. of all these houses, they could be a, they could be amassing forces. But the the interesting thing to me is what I mean is like if we get another influx of grimoire like we did for Taken King. It's gonna it's gonna expand our knowledge on all of these species because they're they're now all interconnected in some form or fashion. So if you learn, well, more the spring about, update is gonna be that big. Well, I, I mean, I don't even I don't know. I mean, I'm not even gonna go into the 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 discussion of the size of the <laughs> update. I'm just saying, if we get another Taken King sized update, or if we get another Grimoire dump of any robust size i think that it's going to do a lot of clarifying some of these connections that we have and i really i know i know everybody in the game is saying this but i just want more information on the cabals from the grimoire standpoint i don't i don't even care i mean yes it would be cool to have the cabal raid or that's you know everyone's losing their minds over but i would just be happy with knowing more about the social structure of these species because it's such a fascinating thing and the 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 theories are so outlandish because we don't have any information and i think that that's what makes this so much fun and i think that the cabals definitely are very heavily influenced more so than the other two by an actual historical sense of of a society which is what makes them so interesting to me um, and I, I don't know if that's, you know, probably most people are like, I just want to raid. I'm like, I want more information about these guys because these guys are really interesting. So. Well, yeah, you'll, you won't get the, you know, you won't get the, uh, grimoire without some gameplay. I think that's. Oh yeah. No, no, no. I know. Now, will we actually have time to play the thing? Shh, we don't talk about that. <laughs> Well, I think we've we've pretty well hit all our hit all I, our I spots mean, think, here. Yeah, I think we've actually managed to do it. Yes, I don't think we did. Well, Shut I, it. Which, yeah. well we did pretty good for us. 
Yeah, shut up. Does that mean? <laughs> we hit it spot on, gentlemen. Yes. You crushed it, Guardian. <laughs> Three men, one topic. It's time for shout outs. Go on, Blue. Shout out time. I actually just wanted to give a shout out to the um, the Reddit thread, which I I am going to apologize for not being there a lot this week. Um, you guys did really well, and I am humbly asking for your forgiveness. I try to interact with you guys as much as possible and just life. That's my excuse. Life got in the way of that. Um, reasons. I also, yeah, reasons. Um, I had to adult basically. There was a, there was a couple emergencies that came up at, and, um, at the office and it was just like, every time I went to go to Reddit, I was like, and got hit by life. So, um, yeah, I just wanted to give a big shout out to those guys. Uh, uh, Brandy just came back and he's, I'm glad to see him back in there. Um, hurt chain is of course, you know, doing his, doing his thing. Um, and then also the, the chat, you know, I, we give you shout outs every pretty much. It feels like every week, but, uh, co-ed and whisper, um, you guys are doing awesome. I am so sorry. I can't, I am, if I listed everybody that I was impressed with, I would probably never stop talking. Um, Josh, you know, you guys are doing amazing in there and I just absolutely love watching the, I I'll leave the chat for like, it feels like an hour and I come back and it's like, I'm never going to catch up with you guys because I, I don't know what's happening. And so absolutely, absolutely adore it. So those are my, those are my big shout outs. So I'll, I'm going to hand the hand the speaking stick to Justin. Oh, here you go, sir. Thank you for my stick. Um, I'd like a <laughs> big shout out for DOD Chatter White crew. Uh, also, thank Unisys for being on last week and being awesome. It was great having him on. Um, I think he would have really enjoyed this one, too, um, if he hadn't had to go to bed. But uh, also would like to thank my favorite cabal, Val Kilmer. Um, in the live chat, <laughs> you can't, you can't even do it. Like you couldn't even get through it without laughing. Like, go Willie. <laughs> That's all you had to say because reasons first. Oh. All right, focus. Fire. Okay. Um, Shout out, of course, to Boxshot. Been there since the beginning for X1 and, you know, started out in the 360. So, well, you know, of course, I also was in DOD Charlie. Um, the chat, I mean, you guys, it's actually amazing now. Like, I, it used to be, even if I missed an hour or two of chat, I could catch up really quickly. And now this chat that we have, is so amazing and it, I, I can't keep up most of the time and that that's a great thing though because like if, if you don't keep up with the chat these days like for every at least five minutes it's going to be really hard for you to catch up because there's so many great ideas out there by everybody so many different groups and it it, it just blows me away so Thank you, everybody, for all your spin foil, all your facts. Big shout out to Ishtar-Collective.net because 
Once again, that's where we like to read a lot of things from. Destinypedia.com because uh, they have the, all the quotes from the MPCs. Maybe not all of them, but a good majority of them. And then a huge, gigantic shout-out for Skype for being so amazing um, and changing who you let do party chats with out of nowhere because reasons you sons of out exploitive deleted uh, we'll go there <laughs> did you exploitive deleted is that better for you cut, yes yes cut off <laughs> your nose to Skype your face and, and, and yes though of course there is always a shout out to Payton you are a lord you are a savior as a matter of fact, there is an actual pay-in that has pay-in in the pay-in. And why am I on the call thing right and now when I should be on the pay-in thing? Oh, you guys are so lucky. Okay! Wait, 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 wait. <laughs> I think I have it, I have it, I have it, I have it. You shut your face. So, an actual pay-in that includes pay-in Who's gonna read it? is out there at some Philodamus astronaut and Elysius. And yes, the pain is an ancient form of Greek poetry used in the worship of God. And, you know, there were the pains of Pender that were written in the 5th century. Some fragments of those that were recovered in Egyptian, uh, the Egyptian area. But I do digress. Yes, I will read some of this. Lo, on that day, there was Bacchic dance in the mighty famed land of Cadmus, and in the Vale of Mandians, and Yobia, the barren crops. Oh, oi, Bacchus. Oh, hail, Payan. And all Delphis holy. Blessed was the da- dancing, breathing with hymns. And you yourself, your starry bodies playing. Delphian girls to take your place on the folds of Parnassus. Hail Pan, come Savior, kindly preserve this city with a blessed era of prosperity. Boom, might drop. Pain is out there. Yes, it's always capitalized, so no, that's not just destiny. I'm just saying. <laughs> God. Thank you, Pan, so much for blessing the city. With your song. <laughs> Uh. <laughs> Blue needs to, he needs to. I'll read the whole damn thing if we don't. Nope, go on. Nope, nope, good. nope, nope, we're good, we're good. <laughs> okay, so with that, we'll begin to wrap the chat up. Thank you again to all those over in chat for coming out and spending your evening with us. If you'd like to join us, please be sure to give us a follow over on twitch.tv slash focusfirechat. Links to all our sites can also be found with our episode archives over on the Podbean site, focusfirechat.podbean.com. Please be sure to email us at focusfirechat at gmail.com with any questions or topics that you'd like us to see tackle in our new YouTube videos that we're actually in the process of putting together, the Lore 101 series and Justin Spinfoil Corner. Also, be sure to keep an eye out for the new poll to help decide on which topic of extra lore we'll be tackling next on Twitter with, and within the chat. 
we try to keep to the scheduled Wednesday night streams of the chat starting at approximately 10 p.m. Central. But if we do have any variations, we always make sure to let everyone know through our Twitter account at Focus Fire Chat. So until next time, the lore band marches on.